0: testing testing one two you're tuning in to the no <laughs> I can't do the. you gotta do be the, be, be. you gotta do the shock talk thing or the the DJ I've, I've never been very good at that the whole you're too welcome back to you had me at Bigfoot uh, beer on WNBC the cat <laughs> dude
1: that was really good I don't know Thank what you're I
0: should have been a DJ you know looking back I should have been right
1: yeah um, I mean whatever you would have been, you would have been on ketamine for a whole different reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would have been on ketamine on the show. That's it? right. That's that's uh you know and, and I've not told Dave about this. This is going to Oh no, thing. did I blow it?
2: Fuck. No, man. It's no just no. Such this a is a good joke.
0: This is something that we're going to talk about whenever I next talk to Dave, whenever that might be. I don't know when that might be, but I'm going to talk mm-hmm. to him about uh, this ketamine treatment and how I can use it to my advantage into entering into the to the ghost realm, to the spirit realm. Uh, mm. with, so with that being said, I'd like to welcome our guest today. Um, you all know him. You've seen him uh, before. You've, you've heard his his rantings. You've, you've cowered under your blankets at the sound of his voice. You have turned off uh, the, the podcast midstream because you're like, I don't want to catch a demonic possession because of this. Uh, but I love him. Many of us in the chat love him. Uh, returning for this is the fourth time I believe he's been on the show. So, the most returning personist ever on the show, Dave Outlandish. Dave, welcome to the show. No
2: more, Mr. No
3: more, Mr. Fee.
1: Sorry, I was trying to give you like an intro music. Sorry.
3: Yeah, and I'm, my bad. <laughs> I'm <sorry. laughs>
1: it's so, okay. It's
3: all right. I'm checking in. Things are Things are crazy. How's everybody holding up? I'm feeling good about where we're at right now.
0: Are you talking to me or are you talking to the to the fan in the chat?
3: I mean, they can't really they're not I can't really read what they're saying, so I guess <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> that'd be quite a rhetorical. Well, How's it, it going everybody? Well, well, well. Yeah,
3: well it's
0: like when you're in a when you're when you're doing like a a show by yourself, like if I would have come on last week without Jerry or whatever, I'd be like, "Oh, what's going on everybody?" And then crickets or whatever. That would have been the whole thing. That's why I refuse to do a show by myself, even like I, it's a two person show. You had me at Bigfoot will always be a two person show. There has to be two at all times because one doesn't work. And and for that reason, we're very like, uh, we're those types of people where we need an immediate reaction. Mm -hmm. So Dave, if you're asking me, how's everyone holding up? How are we doing right now? I think uh, unanimously, I think the world just let out the longest, oh, let me tell (laughs) you, followed by whatever it is that's troubling them at that given time. For me personally, You know my biggest gripe about the world today is that it has taken us this long to get you back on the show dave i was just (laughs) it was like two three weeks ago i think i was talking to to everybody saying man i I would love to have him come on he's got some fucking stories to tell uh and i I really want him to tell them but yeah that's where i'm at right now aside from that i would say uh i I join in the world this collective uh well let me tell you jerry where are you at on this one
1: yeah, I'm. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think I'm pretty much in the same place. It's this. It's this weird condition, that you know, I'm happy in to be back. Age. Yeah, dude. Uh, reading the, uh, some good news in the newspaper page. Love and condition of a grand design. Wait. All right, yeah, we're not going to do. On it. Yeah,
0: you're on it. you're on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there combined. must be some there must be some magic clue inside these gentle walls
0: jared um, you ever have trouble distinguishing like you'll remember the family matters theme song after like a and long it's time for another show remembering it <laughs> but then you'll have a hard you won't remember how the full house song started so yeah i don't i don't at all actually Yeah, you cannot remember both the family matters song and the Full House song. It's like the, it's like no. a condition, it's a rare condition uh, in D- this day and age. Dude, I think, think it was to like- remember um, yeah, was... both of the songs. I have to admit, <laughs> I
2: think if you were to
1: put like, how, I don't know how many shows we could do this for, but I think if you put a good number of shows from that era together, like uh, Step by Step, Full House, Family Matters, um, I'm trying to think of other Charles ones, but- well that was a little bit before, but probably the point the point I'm trying to make don't, is like a, a... don't
0: mucky up the waters, Tom, with your Charles in charge.
1: <laughs> yeah. Why don't you bring up Alf, whatever, Golden Girls. Um by the way, uh, did I ever tell you I went hold, to Florida up, and I saw Dave's the trying Golden to interject. Girls. I
3: don't want you to I don't want to lose. Oh, it. sorry, Dave. Oh, uh, the, the songs are all like the intro songs are all similar, right? And like all these shows are kinda of about the same thing, yeah. They're yeah, kind of, sort like, of.
1: You know? It's kinda
3: creating this uh just kind of illusionary narrative of a kind of a middle-class lifestyle you know what i mean a yeah. lot of them are situational comedies about what the average american is doing when of course none of these reflect anything at all about the average american it's a purely illusionary you know mythos Dude. and funny that we talk about these shows with such reverence right because this kind of creates the backdrop for this like the, the what we're experiencing right now everyone's kind of freaking out and we're like why are things all collapsing and it's like well maybe because we spent a long time living in an illusion right where yeah. we thought everyone was acting like one way right because this is the stuff that we we were seeing and then we're kind of realizing that no uh that all of this everything that has been presented to us for you know maybe the last hundred years or more is been like this kind of uh, totally doctored fantastical hyperbole
1: so let me ask you then dave are you trying to say that um but what you know actually here's which one of the shows that is the fantastical nonsense most closely resembles your life
0: which one do you relate to the most dave
3: None of them. I mean... <laughs> no,
1: come of, on. I mean, if you were to put yourself that, out there and say, I could put myself as a guest star on this show. Right? That, like you
3: might be the only one. Without him in the middle? Totally. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. That might okay. be the only one that's even remotely
0: close my experience. Dave, let me ask oh. you then if... So there's nothing out there that represents you in your life, and we know that because you've got kind of like this... Um, <laughs> This very different life than than most most of us could probably find ourselves in Full House or Family Matters or um, Charles in Charge, which would be probably. The, I would the be best on example. Family
1: Matters as the black friend.
0: You would be. Yeah, you would be the token white guy. You would. Be, <laughs> no, who was his friend? Uh, not was it Waldo? You would be like. Well, the yeah, Waldo, Raldo, Faldo. Like, kind of, yeah, a very very goofy white guy who visits and Eddie. You know, uses him as right. like the. Well, at least I'm not as dumb as Jerry, right? Um, right, yeah. my white friend right so no <laughs> dave i want what i want from you is i want if you were a sitcom kind of like can we do like a 2 minute elevator pitch of like Ooh. if you had a sitcom created about your life what would be kind of the foundational you know concept like what would and be don't forget day elf day is taken stuff yeah you can't use elf you can't talk about how you eat kittens and you come from another <laughs> planet or anything but like where where can you give us, like, a brief pitch of something? Because I'm going to fund it anyways, but I just I want to <laughs> hear it because I know it's going to be funny.
3: Traumatized alcoholic picks fist fight with God.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good wow. cool one. Right? <laughs> Traumatized
3: alcoholic picks fight with God. I feel like that summarizes it pretty well.
1: Could, for, would for you, quite a long
3: time.
1: Who would play you if you were to, you know, because it has to be you're right in the background. You know, they're always asking you, what would you do? But they won't let you act, right? So who would you choose?
3: i got to be Alex Winters, the dude from, yeah, yeah. From from Bill, from Bill and Ted. Yeah. Oh. I. Because he's, dude's bass.
1: He's what? I'm sorry.
3: He's bass. Dude, dude is based as fuck. So he would have to be the one to play me. Not because he looks like me, but just because, like, come on, man.
1: <laughs> I thought he was a pretty good... I thought he was actually a pretty good uh, director, right? Didn't? Isn't that like something he's done since? And no one knows. Like they don't care. They're just like go back to Bill and Ted. But he's actually done like really cool stuff in between.
3: I think. <laughs> well, you know, his takes on Twitter are also pretty good. If you're into takes on Twitter, I well, unfortunately
0: <laughs> I left Twitter a while ago. I came back just to kind of because. Well, my funny story about how I ended up back on Twitter was uh, I got an email about an account that was suspended years ago and because well because i insulted a journalist i said and it wasn't even like that serious of an insult i said you know after reading jules uh Sephanophil- whatever his name was uh, after reading his website i find it hard to believe that he's a journalist anywhere or something like that something to that effect and and he like but i tagged him in it like i did at Jules underscore su oh Um, then it's harassment and so he told yeah he told on me and i got suspended but then i got an email about that account and i'm like i haven't used that account in ages like it was suspended some time ago and it said well if you feel so i went to look it up and sure enough it was still suspended but I, it said, if you'd like, you can appeal the suspension, which I had done back at the time, but they said no. This mm. time, I, I said, yeah, okay, I'll appeal it. I clicked the appeal, and then it said, for your comments, like, fill in your comments of why th- you, they were wrong, perhaps, or why you should be uh, reinstated on Twitter. I simply wrote, come on, baby. And that was it, come on, <laughs> baby, period. And then I sent it off, because I'm like, ah, it's not gonna get approved, I sent it <clears> off. <throat> And then the next morning I had an email saying, congratulations, your Twitter account has been re-established or you've been allowed back. Welcome back to Twitter.
3: Tom." That's incredible. Social media is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's chaos. It's chaos, chaos out there. Nightmare machine. But, I mean, again, again, this is because we're kind of collectively realizing that this, this illusionary world that we've spent decades, you know, Acting as if we were going to inhabit is like crumbling around us, and people are realizing, like, holy shit, where do I fit in in the Mad Max style reality that's about to befall us? You know, mm. and people are having understandably a lot of anxiety around it, and we're wondering why it's happening, right? Like, who, who are we supposed to blame for, so, for the fact of volunteering opinion? Rich people,
0: okay,
1: Billionaires. You blame merely rich people.
0: Just in general. Billionaires
3: specifically. Yeah. Billionaires <laughs> specifically. Right? And, and I, 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 I can tell you why.
1: Okay. Please.
3: Because like, if I say something like all men are evil, right, I could easily prove that statement wrong just by showing you a man that is not evil, right? Sure. So like if I say all swans are white, I could prove that statement wrong just by showing you a swan that is black right sure mm-hmm. but if i say billionaires are evil right i don't think that's the same thing because a billionaire is not a thing like a man or a swan right, All right. a billionaire is a man who's <clears> so done the act of becoming a billionaire which is in my opinion evil and as he keeps that money He, every second, he remains a billionaire. He willingly continues to be evil. And so, unless he were to give up all his money to stop the people who are actively starving and dying all around the world while he is a billionaire, right, then until he does that, then I say, I don't think there's like a better definition of evil than to hoard billions of dollars of wealth while. You know, the population of the Earth is being starved and displaced.
0: So what people would you say would be best suited to tackle this issue, Dave? Now, what I I mean by that is, you know, we have all billionaires are evil over here. uh, And if we accept that to be objectively true... If, we, if yeah. we accept that to be objectively true, which I, I think you make a valid point. I don't – I can't – off the top of my head, I can't think of a single billionaire that I would be like, well, that's not an evil person. Um, just I can look at them <laughs> and say, well, they've not done anything good.
1: Listen.
2: Um, did they to get their the- billions of
0: dollars. But yeah, probably know. by sucking uh, or by or <laughs> what's that joke where it's like <laughs> I made either. I made one thousand dollars and fifty cents sucking dick yesterday, and they're like, "Who paid you fifty cents?" and he's like, "Everyone." You know that that's how uh. billionaires <laughs> obtain their billions, right? Um, by doing just, some <laughs> things that are. Go ahead, Dave.
3: But I mean, yeah, it's like. Instead, it's like, how'd you get your, I got $1,000 and 50 cents yesterday. Well, how'd you get a thousand, you know, who'd you steal 50 cents from? Everybody, oh, right? They're not, the billionaire isn't sucking dick, right? He's not well, sucking dick for 50 cents. He made
2: $1,000. He made be.
3: he's not, name a single one of them that is doing any of the work. <laughs> None oh, of them are okay. doing anything. Oh, I thought, oh, I I thought you speaking, meant just in general. I was speaking oh. of literally no, they, sucking dick. No, I don't <laughs> know of any of them that are actually <laughs> doing the oh, actual okay. work they can literally suck dicks. What I'm saying is they're not actually sucking the dick. They're, they're not sucking the proverbial dick, they're as not it were. They're those
0: 50 cents mm-hmm. top, right? I get it. I get what you're saying.
3: They're stealing it from someone else who is sucking the dick, right? Yeah. And so eventually all that stealing adds up. And so then we're re- with the result is poverty. And poverty is from when all this violence comes from the bottom, right? And then as a response to violence from the bottom, we get violence from the top in the form of militarized police forces, in the form of military intervention, right? in the form of vigilante violence. right? Yeah. And so we see that the cycle of violence between the middle class, who really, the difference in wealth between the middle class and the upper class is not 1%. Billionaires are not 1% of the population. Billionaires are 0.000000 some stupid fucking combination of digits, like percent of the population, right? It is so much less than one. It is ridiculous, and so we see the cycle of violence that that perpetuates. And so my I posit that, and this is this is not something that I came a conclusion that I came to, you know, in college because y'all know I'm. Poorly educated shit, right? This isn't a conclusion that I came to, right? Well, you're
2: just,
0: Dave. If I would, if I can argue, <clears throat> I would God. say that you are. I would say that you are perhaps poorly institutionally educated. However, you are it's educated. Po- I would say because you read far more than I do. You know far more yeah. than I do. So Keep I would reading. say that you are probably uh, more educated than I am, despite my being institutionally educated. You know, out out the ass, but.
3: Well I mean I came to this conclusion fighting God, right? Because it's yeah, like Yeah, let's talk about that. This is because again, this is a <clears throat> question, right? And and as soon as I came to the conclusion that this was a bigger question than just like how to make a single weapon, right? Like the problem had to be identified. And so that I came across the the the, the notion that what could constitute <clears throat> a god ontologically is the network of multiple individuals right and so if you follow that to its ontological conclusion you get all of the consciousness in the universe all networked together creates the universe and this is the you know omnipresent god without this necess- without a necessity for an alternate supernatural realm of mechanical energy you just have this notion that the whole universe is god blah 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 right and so i had to work back from there because a i can't interact with the supernatural universe of mechanical energy which i don't even believe exists and b i can't interact with the entire universe at once you got to scale it back well not with that attitude <laughs> and,
1: dave i was going to say that's a little lazy sounding Look, fetus.
3: It, i only existed at one point in four dimensions at once right like <laughs> How do you just, know? Oh,
0: so you're a four dimensioner
3: i see i know mm, well i see <laughs> the point being that you got to pull back from the scope of this like Ontological inevitability, which is the whole universe forever, which contains everything that happened in the universe, therefore is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. Not because it has the ability to mechanically intervene, but because it is the sum outcome of all of the knowledge and all of the events and all of the spaces and locations, right? So the ontologic, ontologically inevitable God, right? Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to pull back the scope from this and start looking at the ones that are impacting us daily, right? And I think these are kind of even discussed at some point in more classical theology as um, lesser gods, kind of, you know? Like, and in the scriptures, they don't talk about gods as if they don't exist. They just say you don't need to worship them. You know what I mean? You should be focusing on this, on <laughs> um, ultimate God, right? It's
1: like when you watch Baywatch, right? Like, we all knew who we were looking at.
3: Mm-hmm. Though we
1: had to acknowledge that there were other people on yeah. camera. No, right? so I mean, you, the,
0: no yeah, no, I get what you're saying.
1: That, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. oh yeah, there's that girl with the br- the brunette with the short hair who looks like she's 40 already. Yes, I recognize that she's there, but let's be honest...
3: But we all know, we were looking at that surf, though. Those waves, we were looking at the waves. The whole oh, time. Were I, at surf,
1: surf. I'm sorry,
3: I thought you meant the, <laughs> the natural, the natural, s- the natural beauty of the Earth is... I think. <laughs> we were
0: worshipping the creation behind Pamela Anderson's massive juggernauts. That's what we were looking <laughs> at. Oh, did I say the quiet part out loud?
3: I did. But, so, the point being is that we have closer to us these lesser gods. Air quotes. Right,
1: they're and closer our- to us, like because our tax rep, right. like our tax bracket, oh. is more easily attained by them. What are we talking? Are you talking physical?
0: Well, I but, need help with understanding the lesser gods.
3: Concept. So in this model, what is a god? Right, I'm saying a god's not a supernatural entity that exists in another realm of mechanical energy that they can inject into our universe to cause. Um, energy to become work right that's what supernatural means is that like in the in the belief in the supernatural a supernatural entity can like it exists like you know god exists in its in his godness and then he can physically add mechanical energy to a causal situation on earth in our realm and make changes happen spontaneously right i don't believe that occurs and so i'm thinking uh, oh if it does occur then it's the product of this ontologically inevitable God, which is at this point unattainable to the research, right? So, not focusing on this. Focusing on purely natural causality, right? And by natural causality, I mean we have a fit, we have a a natural system of energy, right? You put energy in, and that energy produces work,
1: right? Mm.
3: Natural. And so, by that with no so If you
1: just start it's you're talking about if you just start humping the air yeah then the work will be it will happen because eventually you're going to find something
3: the vibrations like a wall. Are, right when your balls when your balls slap, you're mm-hmm. while you're humping the air right okay in you that's you putting that mechanical energy out into the universe right because the balls they slap the thigh and it makes noise and then i hear the noise and i turn and i look and i see your balls slapping (laughs) thigh and you're making hard eye contact with me Mm -hmm. you're humping the air and then i start humping too and then we're both humping the air and our balls are slapping and it's like a rhythm right and so this is us putting mechanical energy into the universe and this is a natural chain of causality there's no supernatural requirement for the energy Mm -hmm. for us to make our Ball slapping symphony as we're like making like hard uncomfortable eye contact, right? Yeah. And everybody in the mall is, they're they're super uncomfortable too, right? Well, that's because
1: they all know the universal truth that the rhythm is going to get you.
3: And And also,
0: this is the rhythm of the night. Is that (laughs) what they is that what that song was about? Was the rhythm of two people humping? (laughs) Dave, now, no, I do have to say this, Dave, and I hate to go from your your guys's uh, analogy of balls slapping uh, thighs and hard eye contact at the mall um where we know nothing good ever happens but i do have <laughs> to say when you talk about you said something that struck me as true and i you know something that i irrefutably believe to be true which um is is a weird situation when you and i are talking dave seldom do does my theology line up with your discussion but you said something about a god in his godness creating energy essentially inserting or injecting i think is the term you use injecting energy into our universe to create these events that sort of happen and when you said that it made me think of like uh okay so if even if we looked at like i don't know Joshua right the uh, where the meteors or I'm sorry the the stones fell out of heaven and destroyed the Amorites as they were retreating Um, that was a divine event where God caused a natural event to occur but realistically those you know those rocks weren't going to initially be hurled from outer space they had to at some point change trajectory or move in such a way that they were divinely affected which from what I understand, I'm not a scientist. I, my, my degrees are in business administration and theology, um, so I don't I don't know science like some of you guys all know science. But I understand that energy is never created or destroyed. It just kind of turns into something else, whether that be like you know that kinetic energy turning into heat, turning into this, turning into that. But somewhere some energy had to be added to the universe to divert those stones so what you when you say injecting into the universe i don't disagree that that's what was happening
3: now so yeah so that's in my opinion that is an example of a belief in the supernatural agency of god in that god has greater than natural agency right so that those meteorites were cruising along, minding their own business, and then God stuck his finger in the universe, or whatever, right? Because I mean, well, I uh, would hope so. It was his finger. Pope, <laughs> and and or just like gave him a give him a hard, like sturdy look, or whatever, and like and and, and then the, the impact of God's attention diverted their course, mm-hmm. right? So God created this spontaneous chain of causality, and that is supernatural, right? And so this is what I, so this in my opinion, I don't see any evidence for this, right? And so that is where our belief system differs in that I don't believe in the supernatural chain of causality, whereas you have faith in the existence of a supernatural a potential supernatural chain of causality originating from God, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, (laughs) I And, and so this, in my opinion, is the big difference between a lot of our, uh, you know, this, this is like the pinnacle difference between it. it is I don't believe, I believe that right now, I don't believe that there's no weird shit going on in the universe. I clearly believe in lesser gods and demons and all sorts of bullshit. But I don't believe that there is a supernatural agency at play here, right?
0: So here, here's my here's my follow up to what I was saying about that Joshua situation. You were saying that that can't happen because, because right, that he would have to inject some kind of extra Back. energy. Now I would I would do one of two things. My arguments would be this or this, right? And one of them I'm going to give you. I think that at least you'll be able to you know nod your head and go hmm. But the first one is I would say that the God, the Creator of the universe, uh, who transcends a lot of things, right? I would say that it's probably within His ability to insert. Uh, change the laws of physics and make changes as he sees fit. However, but that's on me, that's faith. Now, what I will say is, we know if we were, if we were going based off of scripture and we were not enti- basing it entirely on faith and faith alone, uh, what I would say is that matter and energy has been removed from our universe and has left and gone on to these other uh, realms or whatever. So, for instance... Enoch, right, God took him out of the world. Uh, Elijah, God took him out of the world. That was our matter, right? And, and Jesus, when he was resurrected and he ascended into heaven, that was our matter. That was our stuff, right? So the greedy person in yeah. me that's like, hey, hold up. That's our universe. That's our particles. That's our stuff, right? That's our energy that you just took. But...
3: Yeah, that is. But again, that's the same belief as the first one, in that there there is a place for that energy to go that's not just so far away that you stop perceiving it and therefore believe that it is in a different place, right? Or in, this, in the case of the meteors, I would say that they had been on the path to strike the earth for long before they struck the earth, right? Maybe even from the beginning of time, right? And that, again, if you're talking about an ontologically inevitable god, then that's when God would have set it in motion, right? An ontologically inevitable God would have known from the beginning of the universe that he wanted to send the rocks there, and he would have just had them going there from the get, right? Because there's no need for an ontologically inevitable God to inject energy into a system that he had full knowledge of prior to its existence, right? So it's like, Here's my you know,
0: argument, Dave. Is I think, and this is something that I have come to recently, is that you can change the mind of God, and there's that's scriptural. That's in scripture. But uh, so. I mean. no, I'm get no, I get it. I get it. Go 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 for it, Dave. I'm sorry. I keep, I keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. That's you. No,
3: no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Discourse, discourse. But what, what I'm getting at here is that, like, I think that I'm I'm not in this debate equipped because again I'm I'm still searching for th- even if the if it is necessary or possible to to interact with this ontologically inevitable god in my opinion it is looking outward and it's more and it's just as aware of us as we are as aware of like the cells in our lungs you know what i mean like so in my opinion there's no awareness of us from this ontologically inevitable god right and so what i'm talking about is Why do we, on the ground here on Earth, have all this God activity occurring? And it's, in my opinion, because what we have here are lesser gods. And lesser gods tell us that they are this ontologically inevitable God. They tell us that they have been around forever. They tell us that they have created the universe. They tell us that they created everything. And they tell us that these are all the rules that we need. Right, but to us, these gods—it's really difficult to to pin it down. Right, from they—they uh, they are our experiences of them. But to them, we are—I would say—ninety percent or more of their biological matter. Right, so the actual flesh of the god is people, and into some lesser degree domesticated or ritually useful animals, right? And so I'm going to give you an analogy, a flock of birds or a school of fish, right? These are a bunch of animals that are acting together as a unified system because it is evolutionarily advantageous to do so. Mm-hmm. And so my proposition is that gods are to humans as flocks are to birds. But, to, but but orders of magnitude greater to such an extent that it is impossible for groups of people to organize themselves hierarchically and not produce a god which behaves in a self-interested manner, right? And so what we see is that when we organize ourselves as humans in a hierarchical structure, we generate – I mean – As a human yourself, you are generating a field of consciousness, air quotes. And just like drops in a puddle, as we group together, our consciousness forms a larger whole, a gestalt, right? And so the gods are the gestalt product of human organization, right? Now, back in the day, we had a much more deliberate, in my opinion, understanding of this. Our gods were organized like people, Right? There were a bunch of competing gods Because they all arose from different places on earth right? But ultimately they shared a lot of characteristics And they evolved You know, uh, As different cultures and different technologies evolved The gods have evolved too And so when we look back at ancient religions We're kind of looking at the fossil records Of what are now the living gods Who are at this point we see, same as we did before, right? The struggle has always been this concentration of wealth to the top, right? And then this organism, as what we have now, this hyper organism, is fixated on this resource hoarding, resource gathering, moving resources up to a singular sort of uh, a singular point, right? So essentially, it's kind of like a cancerous process, right? And so basically what I have, it, it, to summarize this particular portion of the rant, right? So we could talk about ball slapping a little more because I'm fiending for it, but <laughs> to summarize this part, we got billionaires are evil. Billionaires are the, prod- are the product of the, a catastrophic... Illness in the gods, the lesser gods of Earth, right? They're sick, and they have cancers. And as they organize themselves hierarchically, they draw resources up from the bottom, and they attack themselves in a sort of autophagic manner, right? And so we can see that there's this entire hyperbiome that we are the ma- the we're the organic material that this hyperbiome is made of. The gods are so big, and they're flat, obviously, because they're made of physical matter, and they're affected by gravity. So they're mostly, like, spread out over the world. We don't see them because uh, a single human is like an individual cell, right? So we are like the omnicellular membrane that makes up these gods, and their hard parts are their bones, buildings, stuff like that. Now, at a very basic, when we go look at the older kinds of gods... You know, older temples were very simply, but yeah. no they did share that structures. characteristic. <laughs> our structures are a lot more, you know, uh, a, a lot different, but they're still there, and they're still blights. Uh, and they're, now they're blights on the earth, right? Back in the day, we built our gods like people, and so they had people needs, right? And so when they, when the gods satisfied their needs, the people's needs were satisfied, right? Because the gods were like people. But now the gods aren't like people. Now the gods are a bunch of numbers, right? Now the gods are a bunch of corporations, right? Who exist only to hoard wealth and to create situations where wealth can be hoarded, right? And so what I see when I look out is, you know, obviously the, the, the beautiful natural world, right? And then you got all these gods who are just sick. And we don't even know they're sick because, I mean, we all do, right? We're all, we're all complaining about the sickness, but we're pointing at each other. Uh,
1: I want to clarify I have been down with the sickness since about 2009. Uh, 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 uh. Of course. Yeah, it's
3: got to
0: have been since way before 2009, Jerry. I recognize that song is like probably 2000, if I had to guess. <laughs> I would say 2000. <laughs> and there's no way you went nine years without no, ever there was. hearing him go. Like like Dave just said, he remembers the scripture of the time. Uh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ah,
1: no, right. see here's Tom. I have to correct you. All right. It's ninety nine.
0: I'm going to be very disappointed because I will have gone over one year. Was it?
1: And uh, no, no, no. I just want to put it out there that I did. I was aware of, but did not become down with.
0: You were aware of not done. With. Got it. Got it. That's okay, right. So yeah, it's sort of just, like when. So, for instance there were yeah. some there were some uh, I don't know for instance uh, flight of the Concords right I was aware <laughs> of it uh, back right. in 2000 oh gosh I would have been 2008 maybe I was made, right. I, I was like made that. aware of Flight of the Concords in 2008 I mm-hmm. didn't watch it. Because I didn't yep. have HBO, right? So I was aware yep. of it, but I did not become down with...
1: You're like, I'm not going to buy a goddamn DVD set for, well, you know... Well, that's
0: how they got me, right? A friend <gasps> of mine brought it to me. He brought me uh, the, the DVD there set. There it was. And he said, hey, man, have you ever seen this? And he knew I was a sucker for, for musicals, right? Miss Saigon, that sort of thing. So he said... I said, what mm. is this? And he said... I didn't know that about you. Well, it's, a th- it's, it's just a <laughs> thing that you now know. Lame is I mean, like that sort of stuff.
3: I mean... They're good. They're good though.
0: He presented it to me as a modern-day musical. It was his exact quote, and I remember it to this day because I was like, "Oh, modern-day musical. That sounds interesting." <laughs> you know, and I popped it in, and I was like, "This is really funny. Like, I think this is very funny. This is a very funny show." And so, if you were asking me what sitcom I find myself in, I would say *Flight of the Conquest would be the best. You know, band band meetings all the time with like your idiot friend Murray, and then Arge Barker, kind of like the snarky guy on the corner. Like, that's my life. I'm very much Jermaine uh mm. in, in many ways but sometimes i find myself a little like murray i, I see myself in all of okay. the characters truth be told but yeah dave now i have to ask you you've unloaded yeah. an awful lot on us yeah oh yeah um, and time.
2: the
0: uh, and, and that's the thing about <laughs> the thing about dave so here's something that people don't know about dave is dave and i correspond uh somewhat frequently uh on, on instagram and um he like he'll tell me these things these very big things he's working on and I often don't know what he's talking about I do my best and it usually takes Mm -hmm. me like two or three times reading through some of the stuff that he says for me to finally be like okay I think I know where he's going with this and I had to tell him one time I said hey listen it's gonna take me a little bit to work through this what I'm gonna do is when I understand what you said I'm gonna like do the little emoji heart on the message to let you know that I'm like, I'm good to continue or whatever, because some of Dave's stuff is so and this is what I say when I say he's educated because he reads what this is the sort of stuff that you will never get from an institution. And I tell I teach Sunday school, right? My kids, I tell them you will not gain a lot of information on some of these topics from standard institutions or. Uh, certainly not from church or from school or from, you know, watching the news or TV or whatever. You won't get a lot of this information. You have to go to but some very, like... Why that is? Go ahead, Dave.
3: So why do you think that is?
0: Why do I think that is? Um, well, it, it depends on the subject. But I, I think, for instance, when I talk about demons, I say I don't go to church officials for information about demons i don't go to the catholic church for information about demons i don't go to these places about demons because i know that a lot of those people are scared they don't want to address it it's uncomfortable it's not in it's you know it's not something that makes them feel good inside so they don't want it nobody wants to you know coat themselves with the gross stuff they would rather stay clean so they don't talk about that stuff so instead i tell them i say i go to my demon summoning uh, devil adjacent friend Dave Outlandish and I ask him questions <laughs> and then he points me to literature that I need to be reading and, and then I go there but to me and it, and what's fascinating is through this whole time that I've known you Dave my faith has not only not been shaken it has actually been strengthened and our friendship has remained strong less the you know the year that you disappeared on me and I had no idea I, I didn't I didn't even know if you were still around anymore uh, but
3: it's shit's been crazy.
0: Yeah, no, I get it, and you, and then you explained it. and I think we're gonna hopefully get into that today before, uh, before too long specifics. But I do, you unloaded an awful lot on us, and I gotta know. You said some stuff about you know we made our gods in the past, kind of like you know they they used to have little, you know voodoo doll sort of gods or
3: whatever, little rich like what ritualistic like, gods
2: things. Were gods
3: for yeah. people. They were designed. You know, I mean, and again, saying they were designed. I don't want to come off as saying, suggesting that I think that there was a universal intentionality behind the descriptions and and creation of myths and religious customs and things, because I don't think that there is a deliberate intentionality. On the contrary, I'm saying that it is part of the evolutionary process of hyper-organisms. And so... uh, our gods used to be like us, right? And eventually they evolved beyond this, right? Into, and again, a lot of this, in my opinion, is a sort of sickness, right? That is causing, that is, that is forcing the direction of these growths, right? Away from, the, um, away from the type of gods that serve the needs of the people that constitute them towards gods that purely build for the sake of building right they grow only to grow right and and and, and use them up, you know and hoard right because again they're my, they're myopic and i think i think people are smart but i'm not convinced that these lesser gods are what we would know as intelligent right although hey maybe they are but you know, maybe they are intelligent. Again, it's not apparent to me because we're so small in comparison. Like, when we're looking at the fossil records of these gods, I mean, still, we're talking about whole civilizations which were tens of thousands of people, right? And, and these made up whole ecosystems of gods, right? So we can't even think of gods as one entity. We have to think of them more like coral reefs, right? As in they are... Entire biomes unto themselves, right? Full of, you know, uh, spirits and demons, quote unquote, right? Which, to, 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 to be short with it, I mean, I guess you probably call them more like spooks in the sense that these are just impulses of the society that don't have any tangible physical thing that is making people do stuff other than people are doing it as part of a compulsion within that society. And in my opinion, this is kind of, you know, what I'm talking about when we are forming our gods, right? These lesser gods, right, are us. And the reason I'm calling them lesser gods versus God, right, is because I don't want to, we, we don't, it's not useful at this point to have the discussion on whether or not there is an ontologically inevitable god. That's not an, that's, that's irrelevant discussion for what I'm talking about, because I don't think these lesser gods are on are the god that y'all are trying to worship anyway right like the these gods are the result of us getting together and creating these hierarchically organized uh uh, clumps of matter clumps of biological matter come alive because we're alive right
0: so dave let me um now you there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be unhappy with this discussion because you keep using the word god <laughs> which is okay. We're not we're not here to make people happy, like we just said. You know, we've never it's we've never made people happy talk about it like that. <clears throat> but so now, if you were to use a different word, now I'm not asking you to. I'm just uh, saying, what? like, I, I'm I'm saying if you were to use a different word instead of gods that we could better like wrap our heads around um like a synonym Uh, for what you're saying uh, like what what would be an example just a example uh, i'm asking you to change your uh, terminology i'm just asking you like help me understand
3: a um a virus is a microorganism right Mm -hmm. a cat is an organism right a clump of fungus that is a thousand miles long is a super organism, right? A god, quote-unquote, air quote, a bunch of humans together writhing around a stone and metal skeleton extracting resources from the rest of this uh, membranous uh, environment, right? Interacting with other organisms at the same scale is a hyper-organism, Right? And so we are as macro organisms made up out of microorganisms. We house trillions of microorganisms inside us and on us, and those organisms are similar in size oftentimes, <clears throat> and in complexity to our cells. And so what I'm suggesting is that we are to the gods as the microorganisms that live inside of us and make us up are to us, right?
0: So how big is, now, excuse me if I sound like I'm being an asshole. I'm not. I'm just, I'm curious. Uh, I so,
3: understand. That's a I, relevant question. How big is a god?
0: Right. Okay. You'd know where I was going with that.
3: I mean, that's, a, that's a relevant question because, like, if I'm trying to fight them, I need to figure out how big they are. Right? And if I'm looking at them instead of as an individualized autonomous organism, again, because at this t- this size scale and time scale, we're looking at a um, th- we are their biologically active matter all right so they have to inevitably be moving at a different time scale than we are which is i feel corroborated by a lot of religious r- a lot of religious concepts that t- god's time is different than ours sure. right and so and so these beings don't perceive us as individuals because again they don't see us as individuals in the same way we don't see individual photons or individual drops of water, often in a big stream of water, right? And so, these gods, again, trying to suss out the complexity of the system, they are made of animals, right? But it's it's a lot more like uh, a coral reef sort of Mm growth-type situation, because with autonomous animals, they're talking about you know you want you're envisioning something that is homeostatic in a single body and that could stand up maybe that is ambulatory right like all of that these things are way too big for that to even be something that that would be at all even helpful to them right so instead of a god being a, one thing that is big and can stand up it is made of a whole bunch of things and it's spread out over the surface of the planet and you could theoretically measure the volume of individual gods in individual god form max, right, if you would look at regions. If you want to use a church as the um, sort of center point, right, and then radiating out from the church as far out as each individual member of the congregation goes, right, and so that is your radius. Right? and again they're not very tall because it only gets as tall as the church right now when you have individual people moving from congregation to congregation or leaving the congregation or entering the congregation that's not like too that's not too different from how we just respirate right because we have particles coming in and out of us all the time right the god's like us they are porous to our size of organism right but they're solid bits, you know. You, cars don't go into the churches, right? We go into the cars. Not with that family, attitude. Right? I mean, they could. <laughs> <laughs> but we have seen ex- that, Dave.
0: Dave. Uh, <laughs>
2: <I didn't, laughs> no, you
0: know what? I'm going to let you go to the Remind me to tell you the funny story about Dave later.
1: Okay.
3: So, it, basically what I'm getting at is, if you, the question is, how big is a god? You could identify a specific God-form hyperorganism that is based around a specific physical location, right? And then you could theoretically calculate the diameter of that organism by tracking the movements of members of the congregation. Now, at this point, it becomes uh, both difficult and unethical to actually measure the diameter of a god, right? Because we're not, I don't want to be tracking people around and be like, hey, how far do you go out from your church in any direction, right? I'm like, that's fucked up. I'm not doing that, you know? <laughs> you, could, you could estimate. Well,
1: what right? if you had, uh, you know, let's say, because you're talking about wealth, right? Yeah. What if you had Batman's wealth and mm-hmm. he used everybody's cell phones in a sonar fashion...
0: I've seen a documentary about this.
1: So you could see everybody and where they go without, yeah, you know, maybe knowing exactly who they are. And
0: yeah.
1: inevitably, when Morgan Freeman, who I should say that's, has also played true. God, came in and said, hey, you know, this is a little bit uh, on the no-no side of things. Mm. He I had look, the self-destruct like,
2: button.
3: He's like beating up poor people in the streets for petty crimes. I'm cool with that. But recording everybody's cell phone, Master Wayne, that's kind of messed up. Dave, let me stop yeah.
0: you right there. He Name one time that Batman interfered and beat up people for petty crime. For petty crime. He only ever went um, after the big dogs, right? No.
3: The beginning of every Batman movie, he's killing some fucking random dude in the street. Well, sorry, not, not he doesn't kill. Next.
1: Sorry, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm you already have correct. to. I, mean, I can't. You know, I, gotta, I wanna respect what you're saying, but he doesn't kill, that's the thing. You Dude, may have a problem okay. with- Hold on. Hold on.
2: I, mean, I know there's- I Batman.
1: know the argument you're gonna make. Oh, well, are you serious? He's got bombs, and he's got guns on his car, and he crashes into stuff I get I get it. I get it.
3: Died! There's no way he could- Wait, who died? I'm sorry. In, okay. Batman, the, the movie, the first one, right? You mean with
1: Michael Keaton? Are you talking all the way back with Adam West, or what are you talking
3: about? uh, Michael Keaton, right when they got gritty. Oh yeah, and and his fucking Batmobile is chunking bat bombs out of the goddamn tires, right? At -hmm. these, right? Like, come on, man. (laughs) From what I
0: understand, Dave, though, Gotham City had a really good uh, health. Uh, program for it was like a Medicare program, Gotham Care is what they called the it it was
2: funded really <laughs> by Wayne, in was Gotham mm-hmm. City, it was
0: funded by the Thomas Wayne Foundation, Dave That's they, right. they, they had a really good uh, healthcare in Gotham back in the
2: 1980s, they
3: did So he's making sure they get their vaccinations, right he finds people on the street to get shit out of them and they have it's to go the- to the hospital and they got no choice there that <laughs> meant the shit out of them
0: that's how they got him to vaccinate. And that's it. That's it. Like you said earlier, it's a cautionary tale. Like Batman was originally like we look back to Batman and we can make the comparisons now to today, to the, to the, to the vaccination, the requirement for the COVID vaccine and the ultimate requirement that we're going to have to all get vaccinated for monkeypox uh, because Batman beat our asses. We're going to, while we're under, <laughs> we're going to end up having to get the monkeypox vaccine, Dave.
1: Monkeypox is wild. It's also not real. Why <laughs> wild. Like not, you know, yeah.
0: It's singles, guys. Come
1: on. Well, the other thing is too. I don't know if you guys saw this. Well, there are two things I thought were kind of uh, interesting during during this sabbatical that we've been on. Uh, yeah. Of course, this happened, and um, I, I saw a that there were uh, there's a there's actually a side effect, quote unquote side effect, as if they're not just the effect of taking these things. Um, there is a side effect that is, there is a skin kind of reaction disease virus thing that gets triggered and it looks a lot like monkey punks. and it's d- derived from it literally is something that can happen to you from being jabbed so when you hear like oh well that's weird it was always kind of isolated to small parts of, of africa and it never really was able to spread because you have to like really be in close contact with people to be able to spread it and then travel and all this sort of stuff how did that happen sure there think- are the you know, uh, Dave uh, has
0: some really interesting theories about the vaccination, so let's hear him. Oh, no, I well, mean,
1: I'm just saying, in the, in the list of side effects, there it is. That's, I mean, so that's first, you know. I, a, I mean, there's pre- to just...
3: premise this by saying that there's... I think it is unethical to judge people harshly for vaccine hesitancy, right? <laughs> yeah. The reason I think it's unethical to do so is because... Is how you win Jerry over, Dave. The Tuskegee... <laughs> <laughs> experiment okay the state does not have your best interest in mind typically right so i think that a while i am vaccinated and while i encourage people to get the vaccine right if it is medically safe i'll see
1: to tommy, to- tommy lost me right immediately as-
3: <laughs> what i'm saying is because again i'm
1: fine
3: and i had a lot of vaccines i joined the army right i mean
1: defined fine
3: right? I mean, I'm in better physical shape than I have been in a very long time. No,
1: that's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Sorry.
3: <laughs> but, but I mean, I'm just saying, in all seriousness, like I, right? So, again, in my experience, I, I'm not a fucking doctor, right? But I, I feel like it's unethical to judge people harshly for vaccine hesitancy, regardless of your opinion on this current round of vaccinations and their effectiveness, simply because historically, we've had a lot of problems in this arena, right? And it, you definitely have to, you have to acknowledge, right, you have to acknowledge that we have had a lot of difficulty in this arena, right? But that yeah, being sure. said, I want to point out, I want to say who is responsible for this, right?
1: What's the, and, which this?
3: this? If, if, if there are, bad vaccines, or I, I should say the Tuskegee experiment too, right? The same group of people were responsible for both of those things occurring. The CIA. Right. <laughs> <Those best laughs> no. Margaret
2: the Thatcher. That problems,
3: <laughs> Wait. The fact that we had problems with the vaccine rollout, the fact that we had problems with disinformation, the fact that we had problems with the entire shebang, is because it's run by rich people. right and people if you
0: might win me over to communism you son of a bitch you might win me over at this point (laughs) (laughs) yeah
3: this whole fucking thing is sketchy as shit all of it's sketchy but i'm telling you the only real person to point fingers at are the rich people and 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 the fact that everyone is not immediately eating them right now is because they have been running disinformation campaigns. And again, we say, why don't you hear about this stuff from institutions? It's because institutions only give you information that protects themselves and serves their purpose. And institutions only exist at the behest of rich people, right? Bring it all back to the ontological evil of wealth, right? And wealth accumulation, right? And so if we live in a society that prioritizes the accumulation of wealth, we live in a sick society, right? and And these wealthy people have the means and the inclination to propagandize and to protect themselves, right? And so we talk about I talk about division from both sides, like, oh, everyone's we're being divided, we're being divided. And it's like you could point your finger squarely at the culprit because it's always rich people that profit off of all the division. And they're all the ones that are like, "Oh yeah, yeah, y'all. You know, we all are being divided, and we're being divided. I'm just like, you know, that's great, right? Well, they're like, they got like 37 fucking yachts or whatever the shit, right? Like super yachts. What the fuck is a mega yacht? I can't even comprehend what the fuck a a yacht.
0: From what I understand, based on what we talked about, the mega yacht would be comparable to the algae that expands from like one end of the world to the other, right? That would be the (laughs) mega organism yacht. Oh no, mega
3: organism. I'm sorry, super organism. we're, We're talking yachts. Meta yacht, yacht, right? We're, got, yacht. We, we're talking How yacht much yacht rock would yacht. you need for a mega yacht? How much crack rock, rock would I smoke to get on a mega yacht? I think no, what no.
0: he's asking, Dave, is like um, when Jenny from the block says, don't be fooled mm. by the rock that I got, I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. Is that what you were asking, Jerry?
1: No. So, Actually, it's mean, no, a little bit more confusing, to be honest. It's, uh, I'm admitting to the court that there is such a thing as yacht rock, but we have not yet addressed that there is a mega yacht is and I would assume then that typical yacht rock. rock would not rock enough for a mega yacht so therefore how much rock would you need to have mega yacht rock?
0: How does mega yacht rock compare to like the pop rock or the hard rock? <laughs> Jerry, what are, the com- what are the what are the what uh,
3: are the conversions for that? Yeah, yeah. Between like a million and a billion, Oh. right. Between a hundred million, which is like ro- which is like yacht rock, right? Mm-hmm. And a- which is like hyper yacht rock, which is like your yacht has a yacht inside of it that has little yachts in it that bring you drinks, right? Wow. yeah
0: so one yacht like, rock equals 0.1 pop rock is what you're saying
3: talking the scales of wealth that exists right now in wealth disparity is so mind-boggling that the only way that we can talk about it is by abstract right like i might as well be like okay so the middle class's money is three ball slaps right while mm-hmm. the upper class is 752 million ball slaps yeah, right loud. and that that is equally an accurate uh description as anything we've been talking about now because the the difference in wealth disparity is so mind-bogglingly huge that it's meaningless to even talk about it and again what the fuck yeah, <laughs> you dave, know
0: dave i watched a video not too long ago about and it showed kind of like like yeah I, i'm i'm i do okay i'm not going to i'm not going to sit here and brag because I'm not doing as well as, like, I'm 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 sitting at probably one pop rock, okay? So, like, I do okay, <laughs> but only because my wife works, she works part-time as a supervisor at Costco. And Costco, you make quite a bit of money at Costco, truth be told. Um, $2 million dollars it, in savings to retire, and that was in, like, 2016. Hey, um, but you know me, Dave. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% service-connected disabled, so, like, I sit around and... You know, You're I watch the kids. I'm very <laughs> blessed. I will admit that I am blessed in that I am able to do this that yeah. we're doing. Right. You know. But I will say, um, I watched a video recently where it showed like middle class or upper middle class or I, it, I'm sorry, it showed like everything, right? It showed like poverty level to lower middle class to middle class to upper middle class. And then it showed like basically your yearly what you make. And then it like, it kept going, kind of like a timeline almost. But like the video, it's almost like you're passing things like, hey, this is how much it costs to buy a house or oh, this is how much we just passed how much it costs to buy a yacht, right? We just passed how much it would cost to, 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 to end poverty, right? And then it shows like Jeff Bezos's annual salary right so when, when you talk about eating the rich and when people generally talk about eating the rich i'm with you guys like i think and 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 and, and like
3: we've talked about in the
2: past days like we're
3: not about eating each other no we all we're, we're not talking about eating each other we're talking about right. eating zero point zero 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 et cetera, percent of the population so it's like literally a couple thousand guys Right. <laughs> like Yeah, and, and, and here's how the thing, fu- Dave. Working for you anyone. and I
0: have next to nothing in common. I mean, we laugh at the same jokes sometimes, but like that I mean, that's about it. And we've become,
3: Max, we become Mac. Say again. We both appreciate a good ball slap. Sure. You know?
0: Yeah. We're both down for a hilarious <laughs> ball slap. But here's the thing like ideologically we differ on just about every single hot topic that comes out. But at the same time, once you realize that you can stand side by side with somebody who is like the polar opposite of you against one common enemy, that's kind of like a huge deal. And I think that's where Dave and I, our friendship, I, I think that's where we find bedrock. Right? Is like we're we're like, well, we may disagree on all these infinitesimal things, but we agree that there are some people who are just like,
2: yeah.
0: Eh. Genuinely, like, bad people, objectively, right? And they should be torn down from their their thrones, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, and, like, all the discussion of, like, satanic rituals and all that stuff, this is all obfuscation and distraction. They don't need to do that shit, right? Like, they rule the goddamn world... Anyway, this is all distraction. Their rituals are just making the stock market dance. That is magic. The fact that we don't believe that that is magic is part of the magic. You know what I'm saying? The fact that we wouldn't believe it was magic unless a fireball sprung out of somebody's hand or unless they were like, you know, you know, unless they were like literally cutting someone to pieces on an altar, doesn't mean that these people aren't actually sacrificing humans in the altar of profit. They're just not doing it on a, in a grove somewhere. They're uh, actually, doing it at your fucking local Walmart, right? Yeah, he's like, got
0: some interesting commentary
1: uh, about that, Dave. Well, yeah. There's actually, have you heard, Dave, of the uh, COVID related, uh, I guess you would say, effigy that's being put together, I think in England by the guys who do Burning Man, and it's sponsored by the Bloomberg Foundation. Uh, Again,
3: if this is a way to extract wealth, right? Like that is magic is extracting wealth. Like wealth. Well, do you know what it is? Nation of resources. No, I mean it's a fucking oh. statue. Again, again, I don't, I don't believe in the supernatural. So this is what it is at a, at material analysis. They but build you don't a big, believe
1: supernatural anything.
3: No. So they build a big statue and then they use that to attract people and then that extracts money and that is how that god, this this whole god complex is eating. It's feeding itself off of the resources, which is literally the metabolic expenditure of human beings, which is energy. So the energy that they are feeding off of is literally the metabolic expenditure of your body. It's your life. It's your life energy. Your time right, has been turned into these little fetishized objects. Dollars, your money, which has been digitized to an even extra level of fetishized fucking imaginariness. Right? But then again, it still represents your time and your effort and your actual, actual metabolic energy. This is something that you can never get back, that they are taking from you, right? Sapping mm-hmm. it away from you. Now, the fact that we have to have these supernatural metaphors is a distraction, right? <laughs> and it comes down from the institutions that are trying to control us because if they say, oh, the only way they think it's an evil ritual is if there's a weird effigy, but they don't realize that all the people gathering together at this megachurch is the exact same type of wealth extraction. They don't realize that the Super Bowl is the exact same type of wealth extraction, right? They are all the same type of wealth extraction. All of the little weird symbols and details, this is all distraction, right? And, it's, it, and these are all things that control us. And that's what makes us go to those things or not go to those things, right? And so when we judge these things based off their face value characteristics, that's exactly how the gods want us to interact with these snares for our time and and effort and life. Literally the only thing we have is our time.
1: Yeah. uh, See, I wasn't even going to bring up the – Potential money aspect, although I wanted to tie in the the rich person part of it by mentioning... Well, I'm sure that the people who put together Burning Man probably have a good pretty penny after all this. But uh, really, it was Bloomberg. The the point of it, though, is they are asking people to bring memorabilia, um, personal items, pictures, personal effects of people they say they lost to this and then they're going to set it on fire
3: yeah which is a and
1: so it what to me it wasn't whatever money may be extracted that's not really what my point was it was the energy of the memory of the personal effects and that sort of thing and then it is exact. burning it all as it's almost like fuck you actually uh, to me
3: but also, Hold on Those people are doing it willingly, that, And that's how they Oh are, of course
1: they are But are, people are
3: finding, stupid Hold on Yeah but I'm saying That's how they're finding Catharsis For their loss Right This is why it's sinister It's not sinister Because they're burning The memorabilia Right That's what yeah, they it's are
1: the, doing. Uh, It's the um, it's, it's the sinister, facade The
3: uh, Because they're False they're promise
1: It's the Yeah I get it
3: They're luring them in to take their money by capitalizing on their need for catharsis. And that is the sinister part of our society in general, right? Like that's just a very poignant example of all of the things in our society which are like straight up in your face sinister that we are ignoring because they're not dressed up in robes with horns and stuff, right? They don't look demonic. And so we say, oh, you know, it's just a bunch of people getting together to do this thing, right? But in reality, it's a bunch of people who are sacrificing their time and their money to make some rich person richer, right? And then that rich person is telling them something that is not true,
1: you know? So so is your point of view then, like, say, an extension of, let's say, like, a, a, I, I, have, I have a little bit of a belief that, you know, say, many, many years ago when... Our ancestors were more of the farming type, they had more uh, uh, personal responsibility and autonomy from, you know, governments and different other things like that. They were offered kind of a devil's deal to come work in the cities, work for other people not have that land and that struggle and have dirt under your nails all the time. And here is this better life for you. And here's this technology and here's these nice houses and that sort of thing. And it, sure. and we gave up all of our freedom for nonsense, really. And I, I, I guess mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is, like, it's the... They knew what they were doing when they offered that.
2: Yeah.
1: Well... And so when they're offering this catharsis now and they're taking something out of it yeah. there's something to be said for well it started all the way back when and it continues like people don't realize even now with the food crisis stuff if you look at say The Economist which is a um, you know big time sort of <laughs> uh, deep
3: a of the elite. You know? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, th- their latest uh, cover of their magazine is a cornstalk with a bunch of skulls on it that says, "You're all going to be po- uh, have no food and die." <laughs> rich people.
3: The rich people will be fine. They'll be out in space.
1: Well, of course, yes, but, but you know, like, I'm just saying. Not if we not if we
0: sabotage the yeah. engines of the SpaceX ship. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: have to tell you, Tom, with this bad investment for Twitter with uh, this Elon Musk guy, he's not going to have the money to do it. <laughs> well,
0: I don't know. I don't think you're putting enough faith in Dave and myself. I think Dave, just oh between goodness. me and Dave, I think we could, we could definitely
3: blank, blank, could blank, blank, Twitter blank, back.
0: blank, redacted hashtag, um,
3: you know. We're going to uh, put our balls on yeah. the space rocket That's shaft. Right.
0: That's it. Wow. Yeah, are going to do, gonna do be it. it? We have to do it on the shaft because it's funnier.
3: It's funnier for that. <laughs> have to coat the whole thing and it messes with the aerodynamics. You know what I'm saying? So they just can't mm. calculate it right because of our gr- greasy ball grease that we, you know,
0: greasy ball grease. It's like greasy the best, ball yeah, grease. This is the best way. So let me do this. Let me do this real quick because we're already we're 16 minutes over our one hour mark. I snuck away while you guys were chatting while you guys were chit chatting. Um, oh you know, God. it's always nice when like my friends. You know, when you have like. A group of friends and like somebody invites both of their friends but the other the friends don't know each other and you just kind of like they hit it off you know and you can kind of sneak away and go do your own thing and bang the girl in the coat room or whatever <laughs> like that's that's what just happened i had to sneak away and go use the restroom so i'm glad you guys were like able to carry on a conversation with me not here changing the screen and shit um let me do this thing real quick uh welcome to the chat mike in manitoba Rhythm, Monster Radio, uh, who I regularly show and forget that I showed him my Spawn comic book collection, which I am very proud of. He always like, shares pictures on Instagram of Spawn, uh, and I'm always like, oh man, you should see this fucking comic book collection I have of Spawn. But then I forget that I've already sent him like the collection that I have. And, <laughs> and so like I'll always go to the messages and I'll send the link, and then I'm like, oh, I already showed you this fucking before but anyways uh your face Thundercock jackson critter me timbers megabit and steph who are in the same room and steph's mom who may or may not be listening who my love uh anyways um what are we what are we cheersing to this week to uh the collapse of um you know the economic system so that we all may be equal and on a level playing field and so that we can eat jeff, jeff bezos is that what we're is that what we're choosing to today Dave?
3: yeah we're choosing to billionaire steak Billionaire steak, or or however you prefer your billionaire prepared.
0: I will do billionaire tofu. Just <laughs> <Billionaire laughs> eating a billionaire raw.
3: <laughs> billionaire tartare.
0: Oh yuck! Um, I would do, you know, like <laughs> on uh, remember on um, I don't know, I don't know how I like my billionaire prepared. I assume that we'll have like ample opportunities for that. You and me, Dave, like banding together. Um, Figure it out. We're like that. Uh, here's the thing about Dave and, and me. It's like, you know that meme where it's like, I never thought I'd see myself fighting alongside an elf. And, uh, you know, uh, how about side oh, by side yeah. with a friend, right? I, I could do that. That's me and Dave. Like, that's that's just how we are against, um, you know, the, the nastiness of the world. Dave, I have a couple questions for you. And mm-hmm. um, there's been some questions in the chat but I know I, I told you you're not allowed to look at the chat, and people have been very cool actually in the chat, so. the chat. I don't know how to
3: the chat. I don't even know how to read. I don't even that's a myth. I can't that's even okay. read. Bullshit. Wow. I know. I know you read
0: way more than I do. Um,
3: I, I just the squirrels tell me everything I know.
0: <laughs> Dave, I don't know if you remember this, but three and a half years ago, I told you I was accepted into seminary, and then I demanded on air that you congratulate me for being accepted into <laughs> seminary. Um, and I, I don't know. Like- I want to let you know that uh, this summer, as of like in a couple months, actually August twentieth, uh, I'll be graduating from seminary. It's a three-year program, ninety-six semester hours. I just, I will have finished it this summer, August twentieth. So I demand that you congratulate me on being being a graduate of seminary.
3: Hey, you're as long as you're not doing exorcisms, then we. <laughs> That's the point of this, right? wait, 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 wait! Why
1: would that be not okay? Well, so I uh, don't know. Jerry, the, here's the... the
3: thing:
0: there's, oh, you know, what I'm not going to. I'm going to let Dave do it because Dave will do a better explanation. I
3: mean, again, you're so there, An exorcism is traditionally an abusive practice, right? And so, it's my opinion? Well, again, look at traditional exorcisms where okay. we have people tied down, deprived of water, beaten, uh, traumatized, right? These are often young. Young people, often minors, right? often traumatized and re-traumatized as the typical onset of possession systems do not decrease from an initial exorcism. They often relapse over and over again. So we end up seeing, often, with traditional exorcism, is multiple abusive, traumatic, and re-traumatizing experiences that don't actually help any of the underlying symptoms. Whereas there are methodologies of exorcism, if an exorcism is necessary, that don't require the use of a metaphysical or a physical force to, you know, um, come to an arrangement wherein the person does no longer is experiencing symptoms of possession, right? That don't require the actual, like, forcing of an entity out of the body in any kind of way,
0: right?
1: So you're not saying that uh, entities aren't in people's bodies. You're, you're not, not going saying... to get
0: him to answer this question, Jerry. You're not going to get him to answer it on uh- air.
3: Well, I-, I can answer it now. Uh, I can answer <laughs> it now. Check it out. So, again, from a non-supernatural paradigm, imagine a virus, right? So uh-huh. a virus is not a living creature, but it's kind of like a living creature, right? And right. so there's a state as to whether or not a virus is alive, right? And so right. what I'm suggesting is that a demon isn't a thing. It is a bunch of information that is contextualized and that it can enter – Your experience and then the same mechanism of your consciousness of your person of your brain and consciousness interaction that produces your personality and produces the your illusionary or hallucinatory, I should say, uh, model of other people can be hijacked by this string of information and it can produce a virtual interactive entity. A hyper-articulated entity that is isn't real, right? Uh Is parasitic in that the only reason. So it's it's
1: not real any more than a mental illness is. Kind of what I think I'm hearing you say.
3: But again, calling it a mental illness is reductive to the point of being—I mean, being pointless to even say, right? Because, like, yeah, sure, it is a mental illness, but like, just—and I'd be like, "Hey, I'm sick, doc. What do I have?" He's like, "You've got an illness." And you're like, oh, gee, thanks. Yeah, I said that, Jock. I said I'm sick. What do I got? Oh, you got an illness, right? (laughs) Right? So it's like... No, no, no.
1: Yeah, I just wasn't trying to be specific in what type. I was being general for moving the conversation along.
3: Yeah. So a demon isn't real, right? And I wouldn't say that it is a mental illness, right? I would say that a demon is a... It is a hyper-articulated, interactive... Esoteric in that it only occurs in your experience, right? Entity. And not alive, but it is parasitizing your metabolic energy, right? So because you are alive as you are thinking about it and you are experiencing it, it is in a way parasitic to your metabolic processes, right? And so in like a virus is not alive until it kind of penetrates the cell and then it takes over that cell right now the reason i say this right is like you have this this your experience of reality it's inside your head but it you know it can't be it can't be the size of anything right so this this polyhedron this hallucinatory realm that we inhabit as our experience It's got to be smaller than the outer valence of an electron, right? So, like, we have this basically electron-sized bubble that is our entire universe. And so, when you think of it that way, it doesn't seem so strange that little bits of information could get inside that electron-sized bubble and parasitize it, right? And then we, our physical bodies, we start expending actual mechanical energy into the environment... As if that demon was a real creature, right? And mm. so at that point, what we're looking at is actual matter being influenced by a creature that doesn't, that, that's not real. So demons exist, but they're not real, right? Because, again, we're talking about natural chains of causal energy. A demon's not producing any causal energy. A demon is parasitized. So you're,
1: you're saying they exist, but only in the way that
3: imagination land is real? Yeah, but Imagination Land is an entire fucking hyperspace.
0: Dave has this whole thing, Jerry, and this is, you'll have to forgive Jerry, Dave. He was, he, no, 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 you're good. He was a guest on the show for a long time, and then, like, he was just, uh, you know, present company excluded. He was the best guest, so I invited him to become the permanent guest (laughs) or the permanent (laughs) host on the show. Uh, No, but he, no, he, he, so he hasn't watched necessarily probably all of the stuff. Um, to include what your most recent visit on the show, where you talked about the peace space and the. So I have a better understanding. Now, I'm not saying I understand what the fuck you were talking about because I don't <laughs> most of the time. And it's, that's not a dig, it's because you've got a lot going on in your head that I can't wrap my head around personally. Thank you you um <laughs> so but you have this 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 um the p space thing he doesn't so really demon... have it
1: wrapped around his his head though tom i have to stop you the ideas Please. in his head are more like a parasite and they've penetrated <laughs> you from something the size of a neuron so yeah.
2: it's no, so, electron. I yeah, so electron. it's Damn. so
0: like you know like when you think in your head now dave you're gonna correct me because i'm gonna have this envisioned wrong but you can sit there Jerry and I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to push your narrative onto Jerry here Dave so forgive me if I do it wrong but um you have so much stuff now this is this is going into my ketamine doom guy thing right mm. so when oh. I do my because I do Dave and, and like I said at the beginning of the show I I do this yeah. thing now I was entered into this PTSD ketamine treatment which I swear by like I tell people all the time now because it's so good it's
3: and I've noticed just, to rock on that, so yeah. So I, so yeah, please. I
0: got I got accepted into the the VA's program, and the doctor I think he's a really cool guy. Um, and despite his you know his Jewish heritage, I'm kidding. I'm kidding <laughs> right. Don't don't give me a strike on YouTube, all right? All right. Um, but he no good guy. Like he accepted me into this program, very selective program. They're like, hey, if you've gone through like seven years of trying to get better and you haven't really uh we'll take you and we'll give it a try and i swear to you like after the first period the initial period where they like shock your system and then they try to get you to where you're at a position where they can change the dosage and the length of time um i I swear like it's so good i i talk about how um yeah i have to fill out the questionnaire i have to do it this friday dave and which reminds me i have to ask you something after this uh the but you have to like fill out a questionnaire that says like how's your eating are you eating more are you meeting eating less are you okay with the things that you used to like to do are you like what 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 you know the the depression questionnaire and shit and one of the questions is do you think about killing yourself and my answer is always no i don't think about killing myself however I do think that there are, there are some times in my life where I'm like, oh, I would be better off if I was dead, right? Like, it would be nice to no longer have to deal with this meat suit, right? And that's kind of like, the and I've told them that. I'm like, there are times, I'll, like three times a week, like I'll be like, man, wouldn't it be just nice to not have to deal with that crap anymore? And so when I answer that with him, I'm like, well, we, we talked about it this a couple weeks ago or whatever, because now I'm on the once every two weeks And I said, yes, I still have that problem. But the thing is, it's every like, I'll go a week and a half before I even have that thought anymore. This ketamine, it really does work. And we're trying to work through the process of like getting it to where like I can spread out two weeks and then. Whatever, and then I'll be okay. But I'll tell you what: if you if you struggle with that sort of thing, and that is an opportunity that is available to you, I highly recommend it to anybody because it really does work. And, and not the least of which, the ketamine infusion itself is just like a fun experience. Um, if the first couple times I did it, it was a little crazy because I didn't know what to expect. But once so funny, you get into it,
3: to say, man, that k hole is dope. Yeah, so that's <laughs> no, the thing. Once. Once once you know what it is,
0: it's just the best. It really is. You get to, like, chill out and you enter into this void of, like, you no longer have a body to worry about. And you can just kind of chill out in this absence of existence. And so when, when that happens, though, my thoughts very much become a reality to me. And so when you talk about this peace space, I didn't get it back when you told me originally. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I've had, like, I can imagine shit. Or whatever. I remember being a kid and having like a very vivid imagination. I can imagine things when I close my eyes. Uh, but now that I'm having this that, this ketamine situation, uh, I remember what it's like to have stuff that becomes very real, right? And that, that 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 peace space that you talked about became very real again. And so when you talk about reality based off of something that does not exist, right? but does exist quote unquote um like i get it now and i think i have a better way i i can better now wrap my head around kind of what you were talking about when you said that but also dave i did want to i did want to say real quick about the ketamine treatment i was told that ketamine is like the ghost drug where like when you take ketamine you're (laughs) able to interact with the spirit realm and based on that i changed my uh my playlist on my my phone for when i go and do my ketamine treatments um because they let you listen to music and you know you can like sit there and listen for the whole 40 minutes that you're actually like under the influence of ketamine and like i changed it to the doom soundtrack the new doom soundtrack not the old one so it's not all eight bitty but like my intent was to to go into the spirit realm and i was hoping that maybe you could help me become the ketamine doom guy where i could like equip myself
3: as- I will. Again, I'll point you in the right direction, right? So what you're talking about is cliffic projection, right? The cliffoff, right the uh, the inverted tree of life, right? Like this like the tree of life is comprised of the emanations of the godhead, the sephira, right? the The cliffoss is the shells, and these realms are demonic realms, right? And we did a whole series of experiments also with some some practitioners of the ketamine arts, right? And that was very <laughs> successful. In creating the very, very intense sensation of traveling to the Clephosic Hills. Can so you spell that for me? Q-U-I-L-L-something, off or yeah, Q... It gives me a head start. Hopefully Google can... I can't, I can't spell shit, dude. That and of for me, yep. This whole conversation, so... And I was drunk before I even got on the call.
0: Dave, it's cool because I've been (laughs) drinking as well. And let me say this real quick before, because we have to do our thing where we, like, promote stuff that doesn't actually sponsor us. But my shot today was, again, Captain Morgan's floor cleaner, the uh, orange vanilla twist. (laughs) Delicious. And then I'm doing something new this week. I've been doing, if you thought that these last two weeks maybe I was sober, you would be incorrect because last week was finals week. So I was actually drinking pretty heavily, writing up some papers, some 15 page papers, uh, multiple papers and some exams. And every single time that I took an exam, I went ahead and had some of this Hendrix Neptunia gin. Uh, I'm a sucker Mm. for Hendrix, a big fan of Hendrix. Uh, Mm. I think it's delicious. It's a really great gin. If you if you're not super into gin, that's cool. These this Hendrix gin is and and because Dave's on the show it's spelled D J I N N right hendrix gin <laughs> uh, oh. and tonic right uh, i do just do a little i'd pour myself half a glass of maybe a little bit more than half a glass of hendrix gin and half a glass of tonic water and it is just a delicious uh gin and tonic treat i filled myself up another one because i knew dave was going to you know take us home with some really interesting fascinating stuff and I, so I wanted to make sure I'm on my third uh, gin and tonic, spelled d j i i n n because of Dave Outlandish's gin and tonic. Um, but Dave, I want to ask you this real quick. Um, <clears throat> there are a couple questions that, uh, well, I have four. So I have to, gosh, I hate that I have to. I always, you know, I, I only like to ask you these questions when you're on the air because I like to put you on the spot. Um, and then you always shoot me down anyways. So (laughs) we talked a little bit about how people are distracting us with this satanic worship, uh, you know, drinking blood, eating babies, all that stuff. You know, the stuff that we hear in the, when we read Breitbart and all that. Um, But what, so are people actually though, are there people out there and who are they who are actually doing the spirit cooking, who are drinking blood and eating babies? Are there people and who are they? Dave, go ahead.
3: The answer is that there are people at all strata of society who are engaging in ritualistic acts of violence against others with the misplaced belief that this will grant them supernatural power, right? Point is, is that none of that gives you any supernatural power. And so the people who are drinking blood or doing whatever the hell kind of ritual stuff in the hopes of obtaining supernatural power they're not billionaires, that bil- and if the billionaires are doing that, that's not how they got their billions, right? It's a distraction, mm-hmm. and, and if you think about it, you know, the belief in the supernatural, if you believe that all things that occur are, occur because a supernatural force is causing them to occur, then the belief that those rich people have their wealth because of a supernatural power makes sense, Right? But then my problem with that is that it doesn't address the the hoarding of the wealth. It doesn't address the disparity of the wealth. It's just like, oh, it's because of magic. And then you have people who say, well, what kind of magic could it possibly be, Johnson? Then you know, and then the next thing you know, you have people committing in acts of horrific violence inspired by this inaccurate belief in a supernatural source of energy right and in reality it's just rich people doing being rich shit yeah yeah so and so
0: would you say dave uh first and foremost let me say welcome to the chat mostly wave and jacob I, I, I don't want you guys to think that you're not welcome but dave would you say that <laughs> people who are Drinking blood ritualistically doing spirit cooking eating babies and that sort of thing and doing like what you would classically consider to be you know uh, sacrificial magic and that sort of thing would you say that they're Drinking blood and eating babies for no reason other than the taste of babies and blood is that what you're saying?
3: Um, No, no again, they have a legitimate belief in the efficacy of these processes.
1: So it's kind of like when a baseball player will not change socks as long as they have a hitting streak going. It's not... To you, you would say, well, you know, it's not the socks, but they're doing it because they think it's the socks.
3: Exactly, because one thing that I know is that I know of people who are not eating babies. but I know people who are doing ritualistic type of magical practices that involve... The sacrifice of their own blood that involves the invocation of sinister forces and shit and not a single one of those motherfuckers has a yacht not a normal yacht not a mega yacht not a hyper yacht <laughs> all right so
0: dave i have to ask you this i said this last week and i felt terrible about saying it because you're like one of my very good friends and i don't say that about a lot of people because i don't have many friends i don't like people generally uh, but I, I will say that I've not ever met, like, a rich – or I've never met a magician who was, like, really well off. And, like, uh, do, like you, yeah. <laughs> you're, like, my best magician friend. You're my only magician friend. I don't like magicians. I think that that's scary. I mean, that's just a fact of the matter. I think I that think there are some people who do some weird I don't shit.
3: like magicians either. I think they're grifters.
0: So okay, so no, but you you have like a magician name, right? Dave Outlandish, like that's your yeah. that's your magician name. But but I think magic is cool. I think like people who do card tricks and shit. I think that's really cool. And, and i I turn into like a child when I see people doing, uh, like your brother. Yeah. He does some really cool tricks. Like that will turn me into a child again, yeah. right?
3: Close up magic, that that sleight of hand stuff. That's yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah so so no I, I so my my thing was like i felt so bad saying it but you know me i'm like an integrity guy like i'll just say whatever the fuck i feel like like and then I'll, I'll deal with people being like hey man what's up with that why would you say such a fucked up thing about me but like i've never met a magician or like somebody who who was like well yeah i practice the fucking dark arts you know and i they've never been like they've never had a mega yacht like you said they've never had a hyper yacht so uh-huh. Like, what's up with that? You know, and then you wonder what's going on with these people. So, um, I did have some other questions for you. Let me, let me hit some of these other ones because I do want to, I only get you on air so often and I like to put, I like to put you on the spot when you're on the air. Um,
2: what, (laughs) (laughs) um,
0: what's uh, see this is why I love Dave. Like people, people will shit on me. They'll be like, why dave like like for instance jerry i don't know if you noticed his um tagline this week (laughs) because jerry doesn't like dave outlandish because you know like before we came on he was like man fuck that guy um but then no and then what (laughs) i'm just kidding jerry didn't say that Uh, but then for for dave's i put conjurer of reasonably priced tricks (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was really funny but i don't know i don't know know. anyways Uh, um, yeah no sure so dave (laughs) I get I don't like the charge. So, (laughs) only um, wait. Dave, if you watch, I I encourage anybody who's never heard, like some of the new fans, like if you haven't already, go back to like you had me at Wizard, you had me at Summoning Demons, you had me at uh, Dave Atlandish. He had his own episode, like
2: named after himself.
3: I was actively, at the time, I was actively like infiltrating sort of grifter magical communities. And so, a lot of my language, when it was like, I don't know if it is or isn't, or was designed specifically so, like, if some of these grifter communities heard my podcast, they wouldn't be like, you don't believe in the power of my dark magics? (laughs) Like, I had to get these dudes to believe that I believed in the power of their dark magics, like, so I could make sure, you know, figure out what the fuck was going on with them. And, again, I don't like... People who practice that stuff typically again, because a lot of them are grifters. If they're selling you anything, they're grifters about it, like legit, straight up. If they're trying to sell you shit about magic, grifters. What's like, your that's brother, why I,
0: What's your brother going to say about this, Dave? If he hears it, what if I tell your brother that you said this?
3: Dude, he's a he's a professional dungeon master and entertainer. He doesn't do real magic. He does magic illusions. He's a dungeon master. He does D and D shit now, which is. Super cool, actually. Yeah, I like
0: your brother, man. He does some really super cool juggling. Like, I watched him do some juggling a while back, and, like, his Instagrams were, like, Like, he cut it specifically so that we only saw the part where he did, like, a really super successful juggle. And then he was like, ta-da! You know, and I was like, that's what I want to see. Like, if you could just roll up on somebody and they would do, like, some really elaborate juggle shit, and then you'd be like, oh, wow, you juggled a fucking chainsaw, two balls, uh, 14 rings, and, a you know, and another chainsaw that I forgot that was there because it was, like, so high up. or You know, like, that was, like, the kind of magic that I wanted to see. So, Dave, what happens when you die, Dave? Dave, what happens when you die?
3: Okay. I have not died, so I don't know what's going to happen when I die. But
0: <laughs> what I hope
3: happens when I die is all of you blink out of existence. <laughs> and then what
0: about you, though, Dave? What are you doing when we all blink out? Up.
3: I wake up. <laughs> uh, and, it no,
0: I the, and it turns out you were one of the hyper-organism gods with the mega-yacht like
2: floating and over
0: I, the United States.
2: I take off my
3: metaverse headset and i'm like still living in like the metaverse slums right And i'm like wow that was a really opera that was a really optimistic simulation
2: <laughs>
3: for 2024 and then i like walk out into my baked out fucking hellscape and i have to go spend my spend my bezos dollars to breathe oxygen yeah, you know and then,
0: and then you know what happens after that dave you end up going back to your home um, which is, you know, a modest, you know, two, you know, two, two bedroom, one bathroom apartment <laughs> in, the, in the, in the downtown district, but above a bodega, but it's a nice area though. You know, there's not as much time met- as like other places. Right. But, but then you go back there and you have to like sit down and you have to go on a podcast with this dude, like these two dudes. Right. And you have to talk <laughs> about your beliefs and like what you believe to be, uh, and that's probably sometimes like that's kind of like what i imagine dave doing like every time i talk to dave is i am imagining he is waking up from this you know 80 year long video game that he was playing and he takes his headset off and he's like ah ah, i gotta go do a fucking podcast interview or whatever that's how i imagine dave every time he comes on to the when i talk to him on instagram when he comes on to the show whatever that's true
3: I'm back from the future. I came back from the seventh dimension to tell you to eat the rich. (laughs) You tell us,
0: yeah, you come back from the seventh dimension to tell us that there are only four. You liar. You hypocrite. Uh, no, um, here's my other question for you, Jerry, or Jerry, Jerry, uh, Dave, what, um, so, so these, these gods above us, and then I'll leave you alone, and then you can do your own, you can do your closing piece, because you'll have 15 minutes to do it. Um, now, these, these giant gods, or whatever, whatever they are, what's going on above us is there like something comparable to what we have going on with these these various gods are they in addition are they their own entities that that go on and live 9 to 5s uh subconsciously or whether it be like some kind of conscious state or is there like another you know you know like the trope where it's like oh the universe is actually just as small as like you look at the universe and it's actually it looks a lot like a cell you know, and then it expands.
3: Men in black, where it's like a marble. Right, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: What's, what's going on above us? Like, is there anything going on above us? Or is it like, what are they thinking? What are they doing? What's going on up there?
3: Let's, let's think about it, though. So if I'm thinking about people as the fundamental building blocks of a higher order, and by higher I don't mean better, I just mean bigger, order of life, right? And so then we look at what could we... How could this order of life become more lifelike, right? And so we look at us, we are homeostatic, in that we are these self-contained systems, right? And so if the gods had these very strong barriers, right, they could also be homeostatic. Now, the problem with that is that they're in a gravitational environment and an atmospheric environment, and so there's difficulties constructing homeostatic barriers at the scale that these hyperorganisms would need them, right? We're talking about buildings, though, right? So, So think about that. If you wanted to build a homeostatic body for a god, it would need to be a building that was so big, it could be free from the earth. So we're talking about a space station. And now you immediately understand what I'm talking about, right? Is we're talking about aliens and shit, right? So if there are aliens out there, right? They're not coming to earth as people-sized organisms riding aircraft-sized ships. That's dumb. The span of the universe is so vast, right? These if we're talking about alien life forms, we're talking about alien life forms at an interstellar level. The individual at that level would be a city-sized homeostatic god form entity whose single cells are the size of an individual person at least, right? And so they wouldn't even consider us individuals. To, to, to them, to universal cosmic-sized organisms, we would be uh, um, a fucking a slime mold on the surface of a planet that is potentially developing spores, right? Because they're popping off little things into space. And so uh, if there – I'm just saying, like, the logical progression to this is that extra uh, interstellar life forms are space gods, and they are city-sized individuals, right? And so maybe a collection of city-sized individuals even, right? The scales are so vast. Now also think about that even if there was a city-sized organism in our solar system – we would not be able to see it <laughs> if it wasn't radiating some kind of visual spectrum radiation. We would not be able to see it, right? Doesn't that
0: make you feel, it, you know, kind of like incompetent, Dave? <laughs>
3: doesn't it make you feel like we are single-celled parts of larger organisms and that the scale of the universe is so much bigger than we could even comprehend, no, right? I don't, and that's the notion that... <laughs> one guy to control a billion dollars is is like so heretical to like the concept of rationality that it like literally should be considered a cancer right and like we should like surgically remove them from society you know like to for our better and then all those resources can go to everybody else we can eliminate
0: let me tell you this dave um well, actually, Mike in Manitoba says that my wife says that size doesn't matter, which is, I think, <laughs> what many of our wives are all saying right now. But let me let me say this: I've thought about this in the past.
3: Oh, that was my cervix. <laughs> <Not married. laughs> Dave's
0: wife is like, stop! It's not so deep. Goodness, um, the. Uh, my my now my i've thought about this i'm like man what if i was a millionaire what if i was a billionaire? i wouldn't even think about billionaire because that's just way too much money that i don't need like i can't imagine spending that much money you're a billionaire i, a millionaire. I can't a billionaire. even think of being a thousandaire dave uh because i personally you know me you know what my income looks like right um yeah. and i i would assume that you know the like that's more than enough for me as a human being and me as a as a head of the household as a father of three uh you know having a house in the suburbs or whatever you know like and and living comfortably i i think about like what it would be like to be a millionaire and i think and this is my first go-to and i don't mean to like you know do this like looking down my nose at people who are like oh i wish i could be a millionaire but like you know i I think about it i'm like man I don't know how they spend their money right you know like you you think about these people who are very wealthy um you know most of their money has to probably go to people that they hire to do things that are totally unnecessary if you're not wealthy right you know you've got like your publicist you've got the people who handle your dry cleaning you've got the dry cleaner right i have a dry cleaner but only because i substitute teach and so i send all (laughs) my shit to the dry cleaner or whatever so that they can press
1: and you're prissy
0: well yeah that's it. i have like i have one pair of dress pants that is dry clean only and that's it right and i always do the mitch Hedberg joke where i'm like this pair of pants is is dry clean only which means it's yeah. dirty right? dirty <laughs> i always do that joke whenever i wear those pants but like I, yeah. those are the only pants that are dry clean only the rest are like i can wash them in the washer on a cold setting with like colors and i do and that's the thing that people like us do is we like, look at our, we look at the tags and we're like, okay, how do I wash this? Right. And you, know, you look at people want something I saw on a Reddit thread not too long ago. Well, it was actually on an Instagram post about a Reddit thread. Like it's like ask men Reddit or whatever, but it shows like the most popular answers to certain questions. And one of them was like, um, what do you think rich people miss out on that poor people don't? And one of them was, like, having to look up on YouTube how to do things, right? And not a day goes by where I don't look up on YouTube, like, hey, man, how do I fix my son's controller today? Today, for instance, Mm. I looked up how to fix my son's controller for the Nintendo Switch. And I had to, like, do it myself, whereas, like, a rich person would be like, hey, man, take care of this and hand it to somebody, and then they do that. But I'm like... You know, that was like a that was an issue that I was able to work with my son on. And it was like a relationship building event where like he was like, oh, my dad is useful. Right. You know, it's a a reminder that, hey, my dad is useful. Like I thought you were going to say my dad is YouTube. (laughs) Right. Yeah. My dad is YouTube. I mean, that's (laughs) essentially what it is. It's like I have the tools to help you do what you need to do. But the rich people, I think like being rich now, I'm not like I'm not quick to attack the rich, Dave. And I know that's like your shtick. And I'm with you on it. I think yeah. like I think that there yeah. are some issues that need to be addressed there, but like for me, I'm always like my most important issue is like my sons, right? My family. I love my family, and that's that's important to me. Uh, my friends. My friends are important to me. The the few that I have left, right? You know, and, Steph's and, mom also. Right? <laughs> my my mom, eh? Right? You know, she and I have our issues, but you know, like but my family, right? You know that's important to me and my son's knowing that they can count on me and my son's knowing that they can approach me for things whereas like a rich person that's not something that they do and they kind of like fall into this 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 thing right where they're like can't the the maid do it can't the butler do it can't so and so do it can't my guy i have a guy for this right you know and and so that i think you miss out on a very like good situation you, you miss out on an opportunity right with your family with your kids Humanize to be a human yeah. right so like not only are they like we could sit here and we could attack the rich and i'm with you i'll i'll attack the rich with you i'll eat the rich with you but yeah. i will say that they're missing out so like at a certain at a, at a, on a certain level i pity the rich because they're I, missing
3: out i definitely pity the rich i definitely pity the rich i mean and i'll just say that like I've never been more fulfilled in my life than when I was on the side of the road feeding unhoused people and listening to them and hearing their stories without a dime in my pocket, right? I've never been happier than when I was at my poorest. But I had a genuine community and a genuine sense of, um, you know, a genuine sense that the people that I was with were – with me, and that we were real, and that we were taking care of each other, and that we were here. We're not here because we're paying each other to be here. He's not here because he was hired to be next to me, right? Like, we're here because this is where we are, and we're being human together. We don't have money, right? But we're feeding each other, right? Like, I go out every Sunday. I don't go to church, but I go feed people, you know? And it's like, that's that's something that is good, right? And to have the capacity to do so much good but to choose every second to not do that good is so incomprehensibly evil to me that like it it's it, it stops becoming relevant to question how Elon Musk became Elon Musk right and it becomes just 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 self-defense against a world that he controls, you know, a world that is controlled by people like him, you know, because it's like a world that praises a man who has billions, right, while there are people starving in the streets.
0: But Dave, right? he's got Twitter now, so... Fuck you. And, I, and I want to
1: say, he doesn't actually <laughs> have much of anything. It's actually uh, the government's money. money. that he, He's actually the richest person based on federal funding uh, that no actually that, exists yeah. on the planet. So uh, it's actually us, I guess. Oh. That would be... We
3: own Twitter. That's <laughs> my we own Twitter. That's your... Listen, take that and apply it to every single solitary rich person. All of their money... No, no,
1: I understand it. that. I'm just saying he happened to be on the top and you know, he was no. the one you were mentioning.
3: Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. All of their money is our money. You're she totally really
0: right. Loves Elon Musk, Dave. You guys need to tackle that. <laughs> he's he's like a
3: huge money, of It's day. our money. All of their money is our money, right? Like this, the concept of enclosure, right? Like you have a piece of land. There's a big field. Everybody is a king in a field, right? The only the only way you could differentiate is when you start putting walls up in that field. When you start enclosing it off, right? And that's when you I'd be careful
1: with that whole sharing ourselves with the uh, rich thing because when they come for your consciousness you know
3: but I'm
0: willing to sell off your consciousness
3: the rich. <laughs> <laughs> the rich I shouldn't need to sell anything right there's like and again I think you made a really good point about this devil's bargain in the agricultural and industrial revolutions
1: Right? Thank you. I also I also believe that one time I made a good point. <laughs> yeah,
3: you clearly do. Yeah, I mean, you know, a broken clock is twice your one you're half as good as a broken clock. That is admirable. All right. George
0: you. W. Bush there. <laughs> <Dave>. <laughs>
1: yes, that was
0: Dave, you powered through it, Dave. I appreciate that. Dave, uh we, we have a thing in the chat. We have Mike said if you're too and I think he's talking about what I was talking about earlier, and so I have to address it with Mike. Uh, he Good. said, if you're too big mm-hmm. to do the little things, you will always be too little to do the big things. Uh, and, and I agree with that. I think that's um, I think fuck you if you don't care for your kids and your family and your wife and your and your friends and your loved ones or whatever. Fuck you. Uh, but that, that's my attitude towards that. I think, oh, I, let me change the screen so that it doesn't look like Dave's saying all those horrible things. Um, but yeah, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm Dave, and I'm doing impression. Uh But no, um, yeah, that's my big thing has always been just like, you know, if, if you're caring for your family, your family should be your world, man. Like, like what are you doing? Like, if you're not caring for your family, that's a problem. If you're not caring, if you don't have a family directly or if you've sufficiently taken care of your family, oh. yes, branch out and do some more things. Uh some other things I want to say real quick. Mostly Wave and Jacob, or no, I already said hi to you guys. Uh, Heart Sutra and Rufus, you are the individuals that I did want to welcome to the chat because you're going to be listening to it later tomorrow. You made it. You, you sent me private messages saying, "Hey man, I'm 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 kind of like catching up a little bit, but I'm going to watch it tomorrow while I'm at work." They are they are here, and we want to say welcome and hi, and uh, we love you. Thank you for being here, Dave. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You you had some stuff that you. Really
3: I'm just saying that, like, this, 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 we live as hunter-gatherers, right? And we had a caloric advantage at that point. We, everybody was fine. We, we had enough, except for the fact that we couldn't really care for our old and disabled people, right? And so to solve the fact that we couldn't care for our old and disabled people, we had this agricultural system, right? And so we existed for tens of thousands of years in this hybridized agricultural plus hunter-gatherer-type arrangement. And it worked pretty well, right? And I think that the problem and occurred not with the Agricultural Revolution, although we had a lot of problems occur with the Agricultural Revolution, but, like, come on. You know, evolution, it's random. So, you know, the evolution of the gods is random, too. But I think the problem is really when we come up to the Industrial Revolution... And I'm gonna, I'm gonna like. Uh, back in the day, they harnessed the power of steam, right? And they thought that was the hottest shit ever, right? And 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 at the time,
1: temperature-wise, it may actually have it was to,
3: incredibly
1: yeah, hot. Yeah. It was hot. incredibly hot. It
3: was so hot at the time, and they were like, "It still well, is. <laughs> mm, we don't have to work anymore." That was the big thing, and this is centuries ago. They were like, "We don't have to work anymore." We have harnessed the power of steam. Our ability to produce goods has outstripped our ability to produce population. From now on, we will be in a era of plenty, right? Now clearly that hasn't fucking happened, right? And why hasn't it happened? Because and, since uh,
0: nineteen seventy uh, we have doubled the world's population, Dave, is the answer.
3: No. No, 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 because even if we That's have doubled the world's population prior to the Prior to even the 1900s, we should have been able to produce enough goods to feed everybody, right? The problem is, is enclosure limits our production based on the necessity to generate an artificial scarcity in order to produce profits, right? And again, it's rich people all the way the fuck back to the Industrial Revolution. It was rich people who, again… And again, this is the same argument, this is the same struggle our entire history of, of of humanity. It's been we, all of the people together, have devised technological achievements. We, all of the people together, have created wonders. We harnessed the power of steam, we harnessed the power of the electron, we harnessed the power of the atom. Rich people didn't do that. It was we, the people. But then... The elite, the ownership class, they took control of this, and they limited its production. They limited its utilization in order to maximize their own profits, right? And so we should not have to work. We have conquered physics to the point that we can produce enough food to feed everyone, enough clothes to clothe everyone, enough housing to house everyone. Our population is nowhere near a maxed-out point at all, right? The fact that artificial scarcity is the primary mode of operation is the only reason why that is even a thing, right? And it's because of this need to preserve profit for the rich, right? We could have people all over, we we, we could double our population right now and be just fine if we didn't have billionaires hoarding wealth right if we distributed our resources in an egalitarian way we don't have it doesn't have to be equal for everybody right it doesn't we could just we could have unions there could still be people that have more money and people that have less money right Uh, literally it's just the billionaires it's hoarding so much money that you create an artificial condition of scarcity. Is literally holding back society. It's a cancer in the gods. Day and gonna say... if we are going to progress, go ahead. I'm just saying if we're well, going to yeah.
0: <laughs> I was going to say this sounds like a bunch of communist gobbledygook, <laughs> gobbledygook but 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 I will <laughs> say that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know I'm like shitting on communism right now, but hold on, hold on. I will say that if.
1: That's right, someone will clean it up.
0: Hold on, no, 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 hold on. Yeah, well, unions, right? If it is the artificial lumber shortage caused by the greed of billionaires and the elite political class, along with the same people who are in charge of screwing up the gas uh, fossil fuel industry and shit, if that's what it took to get me to, like, lock arms with the communists, like, shame on them because... You know they 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 lost me, right? Like I was one of those guys who was like, "Hey, man! Like, you know, hey, the free market, right?" Yeah. And granted, we've never had like free market, true capitalism, right? We've never had that. Just like a communist will argue that we've never had true communism, right, or true socialism.
3: I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna make some Marxist Marxist Leninists mad when I say that no, I no, go ahead. disagree with Marx. I disagree with Marx about this concept of the dictatorship of the proletariat because, and I'll bring it back to my concept of God, when we get people together, they create a self-interested hyperorganism. And so even if you follow the Communist Manifesto to the letter and then you get to the point where you are creating the dictatorship of the proletariat, then we look at places like Pol Pot, right? And we see that once this entity reaches a critical mass, it is no longer governed by the ideological makeup of its individual members. It becomes a self-interested god. And a god is an awful monster, right? And it will auto-face... With a
1: really cool name, though. Because Pol Pot... Yeah. I mean, let's be honest.
3: So I'm saying, like, in Cambodia, like, that was wild, right? And, like, look at China right now. Like, fuck China. You know? Like... Nice. See, there's, like... Here's the yeah. thing about
0: Dave is, like... He and I will find, like, little bridges that we can, like, meet on or, like, little, you know, common grounds or whatever. Dave, I heard you mention earlier Bernie Sanders and the Communist Manifesto. Uh, I wanted to read an excerpt from that, right? You said following the Communist Manifesto to the left. <laughs> no, no. I just wanted to I wanted to do a recall to one of my favorite books, Bernie Sanchez <laughs> the Communist Manifesto. So. Uh Dave, real quick before we close out, because I know we're out of time. We're where Dave, here's the thing about the show now is like we have to keep it to two hours. Like we're we're like oh, I know, it fucking sucks. Uh like there there was yeah, a time where you could just do it. We well. That's the man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the artificial time shortage of
3: of, uh, it's <laughs> of time to create uh to cre- because again now we're so deep in the abstraction it's <laughs> literally time that they're selling again
0: yep it's now now oh. we have now we're limited we have to actually mind it just like gas mileage right you used oh. to be able to just fill like, your first, car uh, and you just drive around and you could go like you could go meet up with somebody behind the kroger and get a blowy right like on your way to work and you can't do that anymore right because gas prices right so dave i do have this question to ask of you um ufos and uaps unidentified aerial phenomenon What what is your take on that what is that um
3: either a there's a lot of a lot of um instrumentation stuff Right? Where if we have instrumentation issues that have been translated into perception issues, it becomes an unknowable artifact, right? There's no way to like go through these three different layers to figure out what the fuck that dot was, right? And so speculation on it creates its own phenomenon. You know what I mean? So on the one hand, you have a class of UFOs and UAPs, which are 100% internal esoteric phenomenon. On the other hand, you have the fact that there are sophisticated secret drone programs utilized by every major world power, right, and the other hand, you have the the fact that if there was extraterrestrial life in the universe, they would probably be sending probes, not spaceships, and those probes would be small, information-gathering reconnaissance devices, and they might not even be physical, they might be some kind of electromagnetically organized light show, right? So, like, there's a lot of things that it could be other than a flying saucer that are equally weird, that don't require it to be a flying saucer, right? But so again... Just,
0: this you know, is like a MacGuffin, is what you're saying, is UAPs are MacGuffins.
3: Well, they are. It's a, All it is is unidentified aerial phenomenon, and the fact is, it's a big-ass sky. To quote Armageddon. Good movie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Awful movie, but, like, good movie. You know. But... <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what's his fucking face? The guy who
3: I've, already forgotten. Like, and, uh,
0: I've, for, I've already forgotten. Bruce Willis. Is. Yeah, like, I, I I forgot his name. I love the guy, but like I forgot his name immediately.
1: Because well, Bruce Willis is no now no forgetting his name. name. Yeah, so. well,
0: yeah, like he's no longer like a a relevant person. Uh, I, I I I'm thinking of the guy who gets his sloppy seconds before I think of Bruce Willis's name. I'm like, oh, Ashton Kutcher. Fucking, <laughs> no,
1: know. I mean, yeah, but I mean, Tom, I don't know if you know this. Bruce Willis is actually sick. He literally. Can't remember, like he's having problems remembering shit. That's why he had to step
0: away from the camera. Was because he couldn't remember his own situation and And like
3: making fun of all of his movies until I realized I was like, oh shit, oh damn. It's It's The
0: the thing about Bruce Willis though is like, you know,
1: he can still uh, play the harmonica.
0: The worst part, the worst part about all, no, Jerry, no, that's actually still that's something that you don't lose when you have uh, (laughs) aphrodisia or whatever. I don't know what it is, but um, uh, he, you know, he, he. the last movie that he filmed was like a total dud you know like and and this happens to everybody right you know the last movie that you film or and it's not always necessarily the last movie that you filmed it's the last movie that releases after you die right Mm. so like what's the last movie that released after paul walker died right you know like he wasn't a great actor but like paul walker texas ranger right yeah no it wasn't that movie that was a different thing um that was that was a porno i think um. <laughs> the uh, but you so know it's it always some work, really but... terrible thing that you know you remember like nobody running scared. I think came out like right after he died, and you're like, wow, what a fucking fun movie, right? And then uh, Fast, uh, no, 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 that didn't come out. Either. Anyways, the, the 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 Fast Nine or whatever. Well, was, here Tom. i one. Like, John Candy. Yeah, John I
2: mean, Candy no,
0: died. You're thinking and of his Chris Wentz... Farley, uh, No, no, America, John Candy died, and
1: he was in Europe. Wagons East with. Uh, I don't remember that. Uh, Oh, who the I heck was used that? To that?
0: I remember that. His last movie to me will always be Uncle Buck. Uh, but but huh? <laughs> Chris Farley is who you're thinking of, and his last movie was Almost Heroes, which was actually a really fun movie, uh, if you haven't already mm-hmm. seen it. Uh, so now that we've had, I think I feel like I've tackled all the big questions that I wanted to put Dave on the spot for. Dave, is there anything that you wanted to talk about real quick before we close out? I know you said you're not... You're not like promoting your auto or your biography of the devil. The only official uh, biography of the devil, approved by the devil himself. I know you're not here to plug that, but like, what are you? What would you like to let everybody know? What's your one message?
3: First, I will quote the first couple lines of that book, and it is: "Who are you? What are you doing in my house? Stop writing that down. Stop writing. What the fuck?"
2: (laughs) <laughs> the,
0: the biography of the devil is just Dave being co- accosted by Satan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> really interested in your dick shape, bro. We got a big debate going on upstairs.
0: Put your penis away, David. Is what he said. Is what that's like the last line in the book. <laughs> <I
3: think. laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you gotta expose yourself to Satan. Like, like, hey, man, you're <laughs> on up, but...
0: You got to expose yourself to the devil is what Dave is. Dave's like dying. When, when I do Dave's, um, when I do, when I do his eulogy or whatever, because like, whether he likes it or not, I'm going to be the guy who like goes up and does his, and performs his satanic ritual or whatever, whatever he wants done. Uh, like I'll be that guy, but I'll do it in like a very like Christian way. Um, is, is my val It's how I validate it myself. Right. Like how I can sleep at night is because I'm like, well, I did it out of love. Right. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll do his eulogy, and I'll be like, well, you know, Dave always, you know, he he, he took a great deal of pride in the fact that he ejaculated on the devil during his auto, and like everybody in the audience will be like disgusted by it. But the thing is, like, that's what we love about Dave is the fact that he's not afraid to whip out his penis in front of the devil. Uh, Dave, no, go ahead, please. Now that we're done joking about your penis, well, it's
3: not a joke. No. <laughs> God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. This has got to end. Okay. So, a, eat the rich. All right. It's. This is called. I'm going to use. I'm, I. I waited to the very end to use this word. This is called class consciousness. Okay. The the realization that regardless of our differences and regardless of our difference in belief, that we are all in the same boat and that boat is being capsized by billionaires and we need to do something about it, right? (laughs) And this is called class consciousness. And that is the thing they're scared of. That is why the rhetoric from the top is so scary. That's why it's so divisive. That's why they're telling you that people are eating babies. That's why they're they're trying to, to convince you of this, is because the thing that you really need to be convinced of is that rich people are killing us all. They are destroying the world and we can stop them
1: it's true
3: so i'll I leave you actually, up i that. agree there yeah there are evil gods evil evil lesser gods that are in control their blood is money right and the this is a cancer and it, it doesn't matter if you believe in the ontologically inevitable god or not I'm telling you that there is evidence to suggest that there is an order of life that is hyperorganism, and that these entities are, at this moment, infected with a cancer-like scenario, and it is up to us to organize ourselves into a healthy arrangement, so that we have resources shared across the membrane, so that we have less interstratal competition, Right so we're not fighting each other right so that we're sharing resources so that we have a healthy you know a healthy organism because if we're feeding each other then no one's going hungry and if no one's going hungry then no one's robbing you for food money right if we are compassionate to each other right then people have compassion and no one is lashing out because of a lack of compassion it's our responsibility it's our obligation to do this for each other, right? We can't let the rich commodify our love. We can't let the rich commodify our compassion for our brothers and our sisters and our comrades and our friends and our family They and and the members of our congregations, They cannot – we cannot allow the rich to take from us the only things that matter, right? And that's what they want to do. And, like, this is, like, the critical time. Like, there has been a very brief moment in history where there hasn't been outright slavery occurring across the globe constantly. And even though it's bad, it's horrible. Like, I say that now, and I, I could just see people posting in my inbox about all the examples of modern slavery, and it's like, yes, like, we live in the tiniest blip of history where we thought for just a second that things could be better, where we envisioned a world where no one was enslaved, where we envisioned a world where there were no kings, where there were no masters, right? Where everyone was fed and everyone was clothed and everyone was safe and at peace, right? We envisioned this for a brief moment and we cannot let them take that away from us because we had to fight to even imagine it. It took us centuries to fight to even imagine a world without kings. But we did it. And we, it's hard. It's hard as fuck now to imagine a world without billionaires, to imagine a world without masters. But we can do it. It is possible because we can imagine it. Now, we, the people, are the ones that have the power. The only power that exists comes from us, the people. We are the flesh and blood of the gods, right? And we cannot let the cancer that is threatening everything take that away from us. And the only thing you have to lose are your chains.
0: All right, listen up, you bastards. I hope that this pisses you off as much as it does me. Not that like Dave was saying some things that are contradictory to what you believe, but that Dave is out there out-Christianing you um, and me. Dave, when I talk to Dave, I often think about, I don't think about how Dave is doing this, that, or the other. I think about how Dave is out-Christianing me. The things that Dave does better exemplify uh, being a Christian than the things that I do. And I encourage you to let that sit on your heart and weigh heavy on you, and as you think about the way that you live your life and the things that you do, that you not let Dave out Christian you. <laughs> Dave, well, no, I'm you know I'm not shitting on Dave or anything because I love Dave. But I think he's a. No, like no, I, I took no. No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm just for anybody else who's out there. Uh, I you know, there are some people out there who are think who, who think Dave, you know, the guy who like Tom and we, we, we've had a laugh like the last four times he's been on. He's he's talked about Satanism. He's talked about the Church of Satan and the Temple of Satan and like, w- you know, the fascism that belongs to one or the other. But, you know, he's talked about these affiliations with some of these organizations that we would normally, you know, be like, oh, whoa, hold up. I don't want anything to do with that. But then when you think about some of the things that Dave says, you have to realize hey man he's out there out christening us you know some of the things that he says are like some of the things that jesus how many times did we hear jesus well, i'm sorry let me rephrase that how many times did the the pharisees or how many times did the people that in the time of christ hear jesus say some things that sounded a little bit like what dave's saying right now where you're like well i don't want to hear that shit. you know like you know I don't, that's not something that like we would affiliate ourselves with certainly not the Satanist, you know, who's, who's preaching to us right now. I'm not saying, you know, I don't don't (laughs) want to put a label on Dave or anything, but you know, like that's the attitude that we have, you know, the guy that we label as the Satanist is kind of like the guy who talks about demonic uh, possessions and the, you know, that's the guy who's coming here talking to us about like, Hey man, we need to become united as a people and we need to love one another. We need to love the lesser of us we need to help the people who don't have uh when we have you know these are like things that jesus said right like he said you know you clothed me when i was naked you fed me when i was hungry you gave me water to drink when i was thirsty and then the disciples said well when 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 did we ever see you naked when did we ever see you like hungry you know, he's like well when you did that for anybody you did it for me right so dave's out here out christening most of us and that should piss you mm. off and I hope that you guys hear that. And you know, I don't ever bring Dave on here to like, you know, you know, attack you guys or whatever to attack me. I bring Dave on here to attack me, truth be told, because I, but I know Dave, like I talked to Dave and Dave tells me these things. And I'm like, man, Dave's out here out christening me. And I think about that, like, I think I talked about this when we, we, we discussed the move the show Euphoria, when I was like the Muslim character is out here talking about things, right? he's out Christianing the muslim is out Christianing me you know that i need to be better i need to be better christian so those of you who are out there who are hearing dave's message and you're like how dare he right you know like when he's talking about taking care of the poor and shit how dare he well that's what jesus said right (laughs) you know like that's that's dave's you know dave's saying the same things that jesus said but like he's a different person than jesus was he's not certainly not the person that we would expect jesus to appear as but the pharisees didn't expect the messiah to appear as jesus appeared you know like a lowly servant who's out there washing people's feet and shit. dave's out here he's talking about feeding the poor feeding the hungry and helping people and you know he's out christening most of us anyways that's that's my opinion on the matter i hate to be that guy who's like if you're if you've been hanging out here and you've been like oh tom he brings he brings Dave on here because Dave's a fucking funny guy and he says funny shit or whatever. Like, yeah, that's true. I like Dave. I, I do. I, I think Dave has some interesting... Sometimes he says some shit that I just don't understand. And I think that's pretty funny. And I think that's pretty cool. But at the same time, he comes on here and he teaches us a valuable lesson about how we're fucking up and we need to like do better. So, Jerry, what do you have to say that you want to add before we close out? Do you have anything that you would need to shill?
1: No, I mean, you know... People can go on Telegram or whatever. That's the shill. But as far as any of that, yeah, I, I think I'm actually landing in the same boat in my first exposure to Dave, and that is that uh, I I didn't know half of what he was saying because <laughs> I'm like, all right, I think okay. I get it, and then as soon as I thought I got it, I didn't get it, and then I'd make jokes, and it didn't seem to land. So that well. was that was my experience. It
0: landed with me, Jerry. Thank you. Ah, you're funny. And then,
1: uh, then, so that was my experience there, and then it is true uh, that, uh, you know, in hearing what he was saying about how we treat each other and, and all that, I mean, you know, I've got to say, in trying to prepare for the tough road ahead that we have, one of my biggest fears is, well, if the rest of my community is not as well prepared, I'm just a target uh, and even for just the self-preservation aspect, let alone the actual, you know, sort of Christian kindness thing, you know, it's like, well, he's right from a pragmatic, if not spiritual sense. And I think everybody should take that, because whether you want to say, oh, I agree with the Satanist on a spiritual, uh, <laughs> it's, it's literally pragmatic. If everybody around you is starving and you're the only one with a hamburger, you're dead. So...
3: Uh, like and like i'm saying like when you get a people in when you get people into a group we create a different kind of organism and so it it requires a conscious organization on our part to create a benevolent lesser god right that will not only i mean like okay so from a christian perspective if there is an ontologically inevitable god who is God God right then it behooves us to make sure that when we organize as people and form a church with which is a lesser god that that lesser god also serves God right mhm and that that lesser god doesn't serve itself that it isn't self-interested right and that uh, we yeah. that we are part of the larger community and that all these disillusion all these all this dissension and the 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 separation between us is artificial and it comes from the top and it comes from a tiny portion of the cancerous population that has an overwhelming control of, you know, and it's like, I don't know, but yeah, it's like we form gods when we get together. And so we have to like arrange ourselves in a way that allows for those gods to be benevolent because otherwise they will inevitably become harmful to us.
1: Uh-huh. yeah I could see that. that that makes I think that makes some sense to me it, 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 in yeah I think I understand it, even if I don't understand it in the whole world God terminology thing if there's a way to say you know that there's if there's an energy in a particular room and it's created by the people in it then you just simply extrapolate that out to the rest of the world exactly. and that's I think somewhat what you're saying so see, th- now
0: you get why I brought Dave on here. I know you were like super against bringing Dave on here, like explicitly, sp- specifically. I mean, you you specifically said "fuck that guy." And- I actually
1: did call him the N word just to. <laughs> no, you know. no, you didn't. No,
0: you didn't. <laughs> but, but you see why I bring Dave? Like, I Dave challenges me, and this is why I stick around. People, a lot of people are like they they, 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 they say shit about like, oh, well, you're friends with like a guy who's like has these particular opinions or whatever. Uh- and I'm like, yeah, I, I like that guy. I like him. I like him. he challenges me. And and you should have those people in your life who, if you just have an echo chamber, we shit on those people all the time, right? We we you know we talk mm-hmm. about how, oh, you know you live on Twitter, you only follow people who, you know Jack Posobiec or you know whoever I don't know Greg Greg Gutenberg or whatever. I don't know like I, I, it's been a long time since I've been specifically on there, but you know you you, <laughs> sur- you, you tailor your the shit that the news that you get. To be a certain thing, like if you only watch Fox, I don't watch news at all, right? Like, I, I get my stuff from the raw data and that's it. And then I, but I, I'm, I'm blessed in that way that I can do that, right? I can extrapolate what I need from the data and, and, and gather from that. So like, but there are people who like exclusively get it from these very biased opinions and... But I, I get my stuff from, like, Dave, right? Like, Dave, who is, like, contradictory to, like, all my ideological beliefs. Um, and I hear what he has to say, and I'm like, you know what? Doggone it. I hate to admit that I'm wrong um, on many things. Like, there are many things that I'm often wrong on, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with I don't like to admit it, but I, I will admit it, that I am often wrong on certain things. And and Dave has corrected me on certain things. Dave has forced me to, like, tackle certain things in my life that i didn't necessarily want to tackle but here i am uh and i hope that it has that same effect that same profound effect on on everybody who's listening who's like oh dang like i, I don't want to listen to a go ahead dave i hear you trying to oh up. on that
3: same vein i want to say that like um organizing in my community and organizing doing the things that i have been my friendship with you has definitely made me more aware that the Christian demographic has motivations beyond the, you know, beyond what is occurring currently in the, in the popular politics, right? Like, it is not a representative of all Christians. The, the authoritarian pushes that we see from up top are from the rich. They're not from Christians, right? Like I said, like the swan thing. You can't say all Christians are evil because I can show you immediately an example of one that's not, you know, so it's like uh, from from the opposite perspective, I feel the same thing, you know, and that's why I feel like important to come on here and talk to you and to talk to your audience and be like, listen, we're in this together, you know, and the things that are pulling us apart are very identifiable. They're, they are incredibly vulnerable, which is why they put so much effort into pushing us apart right but if we unify with a class consciousness then we legitimately have the ability to take control of our you know of our future
0: i agree i love it no i we certainly appreciate you coming on here dave we've like i mentioned a couple weeks ago i really wanted you to come on here i wanted you to talk about kind of like what you cuz you know when we when we joke about like oh he fought god right like he went after god he went to fight god like, I myself don't necessarily understand a lot of that in, like, the way that you kind of explained it. Like, oh, it's not the, you know, oh. it's not the binary, like, we understand. Because, you know, we come from a position of, like, oh, I'm Yahweh right. is God, right? You know, so when you were talking about what you wanted to come on, uh, and I remember, I, I want to say what Dave said before he came on the show for anybody who's listening right now. He said something to the effect of, how do you feel like your audience would react to me talking about um such and such and and i was like and i didn't even know what you were talking about <laughs> as is often <laughs> the case Dave. Uh, like i was like but you know what i said i want to have you on here because you provide such a like a different um perspective and you know and, and 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 i need it i know if i need it i know that the people who listen to the show need it and i know we all need to kind of sit back and and hear from a different perspective so from the uh, with all that uh, factored into the discussion, I hope that you will all go home and or go your separate ways and kind of like think on this and and, and and maybe reach out to Dave. I don't I know Dave. I know you didn't want to give out your social media and shit, and I'm not about to give it out right now. But
3: like uh, he's Dave outlandish at Gmail. Dave outlandish at gmail You can email me, and I'm I might get it, and I might respond. I mean, no promises. Obviously, I'm busy. I'm doing a bunch of, I'm organizing. I'm busy with activism and all that kind of stuff. Like that's what I'm doing now. But again, I I can answer emails if you guys got questions.
0: Perfect. So, so, I mean, like I reach out to Dave all the time for shit. Uh, And, and, and I encourage you, like, if you you have a question or whatever, like you said, reach out to him. If he doesn't respond right away, or if he doesn't respond at all, don't take it personally. Dave's got shit going on. But, you know, it's always, it's always nice to have like a, a person who understands the contrary opinion or the contrary belief or a different ideology or a different belief. Uh, it's always nice to reach out to them and kind of like on one-on-one because we can do this like kind of broadly like a broad shotgun blast like hey this is what we believe and like typically the people are receptive to that because that's the audience that we've built however it's nice to every once in a while interject somebody of a different belief so thank you dave for being on the show uh hey, thanks, I would, Dave. i would say thank you jerry but you know you're here yeah. every week so i'm always i'm I'm, <laughs> I'm always happy to have you here jerry because anytime that i, I have like you here you. we're actually able to do the show this isn't like i said earlier this isn't a one-man show this is a two-man show jerry you're equally as as beloved on this show as i we are both I chris
3: angel myself, right yeah yeah it's it's,
0: it's well, double chris angel y'all
3: should elden ring y'all should stream elden ring i'm just so, saying you Play Elden Ring together. I
0: can't, Dave, Dave mentioned this to me like months ago, or like you know, when when Elden Ring came out, he was like, "Hey man, you got to check out this fucking Elden Ring." And I'm like, "I'm not good at that. Those tough games. If you, if it's a hard game, I can't play it." You play it. That is
3: why I want to watch you play it, dude. <laughs> I don't
0: fucking suck at it. No, Dave, I
3: will not play that game for your enjoyment, for you to laugh at me.
0: No, we we. I just bought. I don't buy video games now. I talked about this earlier. How like.
3: That, Make him play Elden Ring. <laughs> make Chat listen. If you if you take away anything that I that I say tonight, it is a love each other. B make him play Elden Ring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will not be bullied by Dave Outlandish, Dog on it. The uh, no. I so that 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 thing that you have to fill out before every ketamine treatment or whatever. Um, uh, which now I'm gonna have to do some research on uh, Quilif Quilifov
3: Quilifov. Yeah, the Quilifov. Uh, Use the name yeah, i can me a text, or whatever. text I
0: can't. yeah i'll text it to you so I'm, I'm gonna have to do that with the with the thing but on that quiz on that sheet that you have to fill out one of them is like shit that you used to enjoy doing right do you still enjoy doing it yes or no or like to what degree or whatever like my answer is always like no like maybe one or two things but i've always loved gardening and i've always loved like hanging out with my kids and like teaching my kids shit that i know because like if i can teach my kids everything that i know my legacy lives on and they can you know do their own thing in addition to what i taught them but that's always been like my thing but in addition like I, I don't really like enjoy video games as much anymore but like i'll sit and i'll listen to dave talk about elden Ring. it was so funny because he told me he's like it still has that aspect of like get outside and touch grass which like i laughed when he said that but like you you get to do all that cool shit like that i really enjoyed about um not necessarily morrowind what was the fucking new one Eld- what's the new um skyrim skyrim, skyrim. that's one um yeah. You yeah. know all that shit. Like I used to love doing that, and he was always talking about Elden Ring, Elden Ring. I, I saw a lot of the videos and shit. I was like, man, I need to get into that, but I never did. But then I did. You know what I did? Now that like I'm starting to kind of like bounce back with this ketamine shit, is I bought the new Evil Dead game, which I'm so. I just got it today, and I'm so excited about being able to play it finally. My kids were playing it earlier tonight when I was dealing with some. Some some shit or whatever, but like I didn't get a chance to play it. I opened it while we were eating dinner, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play this. And then some shit blew up, and then next thing I know, Dave's like call, blowing up my phone, like, hey man, are we doing this? Um, but yeah, so no, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, you know, thank yeah. you guys in the chat. Love. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad that we're back. I'm glad we're able to do this shit. I I, I missed being able to do it the last couple of weeks. I'm just kicking off of my final semester of. Seminary and uh you know I've got a couple weeks before we need to like take it easy because of finals week and shit. So I look forward to getting back to the Tom and Jerry's goofabouts. Dave, once again, thanks for thanks for coming on, and I look forward to fighting the elite class with you. Until, until next time, we will see you later.
2: I'm Joe Biden and I approve this message. <laughs>
0: Are you interested in advertising on You Have Me at Bigfoot? Oh, hell no! Reach out to us at contact at youhadmeatbigfoot.com.